as surfers, we have a natural love for the ocean, being in the water and chasing thrills. Surfing and surf culture is at the core of Loose. We are a brand made for all-day thrill seekers, experience makers, and good time chasers. Inspired by the elements of surf that excite us the most, we create products begging for adventure, both into the water and out of the water. There's no stamp of approval needed to vibe with our tribe. So drop your inhibitions and get loose because fun feels better. Loose towels. Since 1991, Caballero Pools and Spas has been dedicated to creating an outdoor living space that will provide endless hours of fun and entertainment for your entire family. They specialize in offering excellent service and delivering top quality craftsmanship at a reasonable price. They will transform your yard into something unique and distinctive, a customized masterpiece that reflects your individual preferences. Their experience will ensure that your new backyard is something you will be proud of for years to come. Whether it's a minor project or a large master plan, Caballero Pools and Spas will help you get there. Check them out at cabpools.com or reach them at mark at cabpools.com or call 714-309-2890. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Earth Pack. Customized, eco-friendly retail and e-com packaging since 1989. In a time of increasing environmental awareness, EarthPack is an advanced supplier of affordable recycled packaging for businesses of all sizes. EarthPack provides custom products and services and continues promoting sustainability while fulfilling the individual packaging needs of eco-friendly retailers nationwide. Check them out at earthpack.com. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. <laughs> Our guest this week is from Santa Ana, who got into surfing at the early age of four. Not living close to the beach, she was a weekend warrior growing up. But that didn't hold her back as she had something special in her to become the youngest athlete selected for the U.S. junior team at the age of 11. PT, right? Yep. All right, with several <laughs> pro junior wins and NSSA national title, her professional career has even been more impressive with two home wins at the US Open of Surfing and 13, I think, I don't know if I did my research right, <laughs> overall world championship tour yeah. career victories. Dang, that's a lot. Most of these in big challenging surf, he doesn't know about that, but you know. <laughs> Tahiti, <laughs> Margaret River, Fiji's, and Gnarly. three times Bell's winner. Holy smokes. She's finished runner-up in the world two times, 2015 and 16. She has an X Games gold medal and was inducted into the Surfing Walk of Fame. This girl's got a laundry list of accomplishments. She's kind of a big deal. She In 2020, <laughs> she launched her own collection of athletic swimwear with JoLynn and made her modeling debut with Sports Illustrated. What? <laughs> Yep, we are excited that. to hear 
About the naked issue. Oh, yeah. that was ESPN. <laughs> Body issue. Oh, that was different. Yeah, that was wow. a different one. Hey, we're, we're, we're excited to hear everything she loves. Surfing, arts, outdoors, training, coffee, empowering others, protecting nature, and being the best versions of oneself through her brand, Sea Tiger. We welcome Miss Courtney Little Tiger Conlog. <laughs> yeah. Thanks wow. for having me. Yeah. It's well, been I, a, it's been a long time coming. It has. That, I've, that's I've been what bugging happens. you for what? Like three years? Our promotional I know. Uh, manager of Gosh, it's nice being home now because I actually have time for uh, doing these fun sit downs. And I've, I've seen, we surf, uh, somehow you surf the spot I like to surf, which is a secret. <laughs> um, a secret and spot. And every, every sure. once in a while we, we see each other out there. I'm like, yeah, let's get you on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's do it. And then time flies. Yeah. And next thing you know, it's like 2024. <laughs> but you know, I, we feel like, you know, things happen for a reason at certain times, you know, and, and I think it's a good time to have you, you know, yeah. sit down because of, we'll, we'll find out yeah. what, what's going on. But but before we dive into today, new venture, let's, uh, let's talk about how Little Tiger got started. Got started. Oh, geez. Uh, it's been a long journey, you know, I, I feel like the surf journey and the nickname actually came from my martial arts when mm. I did Taekwondo and yeah, I did Jiu Jitsu. And How I, old? I was four. I wanted to do... <laughs> no ballet, no like, no, you know, just straight... <laughs> straight into martial <laughs> arts. When it? I was two, I asked my mom to sign me up for like karate or Taekwondo because I wanted to be Bruce it? Lee. <laughs> who was doing it or how did you... Uh, watching Bruce Lee films when huh. I was a little kid, you know, and probably Rambo. I'll, I'll kick your butt. What are you, what are you talking about? You yeah. Want to Kung Fu? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you yeah. want to fight me? <laughs> That's pretty much yeah. what inspired me in John Claude Van Damme. And, yes. you know, when I was two, I asked mom, I was like, hey, mom, I want to do martial arts, obviously, with little Courtney voice. And she, she's like, I think you're a little young. So when I was four, I kept asking. When I was four, she took me into this location and they normally wouldn't let kids start till they're six years old and but I guess I must have had googly eyes and my martial arts instructor she was looking at me and she's like you know we'll let you try this for a week we'll see how you do and so I must have done well ended up doing martial arts for like eight or nine years wow yeah yeah and then that's actually where I got my name little tiger was from that and I feel like just my personality resonated that through both sides and then they started calling me Lil Flip and Lil Tiger with the US surf team and then it evolved into Sea Tiger now. That's, That's the evolution yeah. of yeah. the tiger. Yeah. Yeah. So Little Tiger on the mat, Sea Tiger in the water. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So four years old, you've been st- You've been frothing to get into that since two. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, what, what, what's the discipline? Taekwondo? Taekwondo, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we did jujitsu and a lot of mixed, you know, we did Korean martial arts is like what it was. And yeah, I ended up having like two stripes on my brown belt, but I was only 12 and they didn't believe you're in the mature headspace to receive a black belt yet. So I, I actually kind of want to go back and start from scratch and get my black belt. But right now I'm working on so many other things. I'm like, yeah. focus on Sea so, Tiger and building that out. And then this is probably a venture that I'll get back into just to finish it. Yeah. 
So um, is black belt the top of that? Of uh, well, technically, you could keep going. Yeah. But Second I degree, definitely. Second degree, third degree, yeah. whatever they yeah. keep. Yeah, but it would be so cool to just get to a point where I'm a black belt because I was I was like right there. So close. Yeah. How rad. But it was. That's true. Cool. I mean, even I think jujitsu is like they even you know I think eighteen or you know an adulthood is like yeah when and they I want to kind of crown that black belt. Not I agree. I I look back at it. And I was so bummed then, <laughs> but I understand why they did that because you you mature and evolve at a certain pace and. You know, you get to a place where you understand. And as you're like 16, 18, you have seen a bit more of life, you yeah. know. What's crazy about, we love organized sports and we love talking about like mixed martial arts or any kind of like training. The sports team is great, right? It's, yeah. it's, it teaches you how to, teaches you teamwork, how to work with other people doing that, right? Follow yeah. direction, coach. Yeah, like but then the the mixed martial arts which is individual right i i wish my daughters would have done it because i i feel more comfortable with them growing up and like having what that teaches you is discipline yeah and self-confidence right like and respect respect. Respect. so many things and loyalty yeah there's a lot of these family too it's like family because yeah. my whole family ended up doing it. my mom ended up becoming a martial arts instructor because she was taking us to classes she ended doing. up Wait. doing the adult class you then she, you did it first out of your family yeah <laughs> and then your mom got and then it. she got into it and then she signed us all up because obviously the conlog family we've always done things together yeah and that's why I feel like we're such a strong family and we're a unit, you know. Yeah. And so you have a, a brother. Yeah, I have and a little he, brother, okay. older sister. Okay. Yeah, I look up to him so much. So I you're really... Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm the middle child. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I actually, I feel like that gave me the structure because I actually started competing in martial arts before I did surfing. Mm. And I started surfing and doing martial arts the same year when I was four. Yeah. So Santa Ana. Yeah. Where's whereabouts in Santa Ana? Did you uh, by the courthouse. <laughs> okay. Was where um, I was born and raised, and then Fourth and Main. What is that? What is what are the kind of cross streets? Yeah. Like Fourth and Main yeah, area. Yeah. Of. So just classic good old downtown Santa Ana. Yeah. yeah. And. Uh, we started doing mars- the martial arts stuff was at a little lawn bowling center in Santiago Park. Nice. And yeah, we'd do street scenes and we'd learn about how to defend yourself and it was really cool. Yeah. What did Was it just a pamphlet or did you see it driving by? Like how did you pick? Because I'm sure there's a bunch of different so it was areas. Yeah, so they used to train in a different location where my mom would work out and so I saw them do martial arts there with my mom when she was there one day training yeah and then we try to just pick somewhere that's close and convenient for the kids like i I, you know go halfway across town and schedule it's like well this one's right next to us you know like that yeah yeah. the kids are with with your three kids and all the sports that they do you gotta minimize the the travel yeah i think about what my mom did for me, my brother, and my sister. I'm yeah. just like, it's incredible. She was definitely a super mom. She took <laughs> us from A to B to C. Like, there's one point I was doing martial arts, surfing on the weekends, SoCal swim team. I was kid singer. Um, I think that's it. 
but, but <laughs> and then school full time. Yeah. What was the other so thing? Kids singer? Kids singers, yeah. So I used to <laughs> sing in a choir. I had this little like red sequin vest. It was pretty classic. <laughs> <laughs> the little Colnog kids were like at Angel Stadium singing the national anthem one year on oh, 4th rad. of July. That was that's actually so cool. super random but fun. But that's, a, you know, you got to... Be, you know, be able to handle like that. The crowd. The crowd yeah. and that performing. pressure and that performance. Holy smokes. Yeah. But all those things, you know, the confidence that we talk about, when you learn confidence and you feel confidence, it's it's opens up the door for all the challenges, it seems like to me, you know? Like, yeah. once you get that, like, sense of, like, comfort in yourself and and... You know what I mean? Like you're like, oh, I accomplished this. Mm -hmm. Oh, I went through this hurdle or or obstacle or or task. I did it. I feel comfortable. I'm confident. And that opens up the door for every everything, every other challenge that comes your way. I I do. I do agree with that. You know, I feel like when I was young, there's always things that would push me out of my comfort zone, too. Mm -hmm. And I think as you evolve, it's important to keep finding ways to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, I think as professional athlete, I had to learn how to do that 24 seven because you're always in this state of the unknown. Like you're in the ocean, you don't know what's coming. You have faith, you have to surrender to it. Yeah. But you also create a strategy to figure it out and get through whatever cards you're dealt, you yeah. know? So a lot of ways to win and lose. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like you and think there's... point zero ones all yeah. the time where you're winning by that or losing by that, you know? And <laughs> you live and die by that plan that you created. And yeah. you create a plan that you can't really, like, see through, you know? You don't know where it leads, yeah. but your, you... Your plan is here, you know? And so it's evolving. You got, yeah, you got you to gotta swing. Following and, your intuition, your gut, and, like, this I think that's, split second most important you know you you plan you can do adapt. all the discipline and adapt but it's that gut instinct time and time again yeah it's like man I, you know you, as you get older i think they say you get wiser and stuff i think it's just you've seen that gut instinct so many times come through where yeah. should have went left or right or should have done this or should have done that and the more you think about it, it's like yeah was it my it would have been my first choice yeah more often than not you know? yeah yeah could be so on a for test sure. you know so, same thing <laughs> What yeah. age? Trust that first gut yeah. instinct. It always is the answer. <laughs> so what age was it that you got and how did you get introduced into surfing? I got introduced in, into surfing when I was four years old. So I started surfing that same year I, as I did martial arts. Parents? Wow. Yeah, yeah, so my dad introduced me to the sport of surfing. He started surfing when he was 12 years old. He would go in the trunk of the car have to drive like an hour and a half to get to the beach so he could surf. And uh, as he grew up, he was in the Navy when I was 18, brought his surfboard on the ship, uh, did two Westpacs, and yeah, so his knowledge and love for the sport's really pure. Mm. And surfing always gave him like this freedom, and it, it has he has this pure love for surf. And I feel like he shared that sport with me and my siblings and my mom as well. And mm. yeah, I feel like my love for surfing came from us doing our port like Punta Riojos trips where we go fish, surf, camp. 
and we would just spend two weeks out there and spend time with our family and just have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of, uh, what kind of surfing does your dad do? Longboard, shortboard? Uh, shortboard. Yeah. So you would find them at lowers with Cordell fighting over the laughs. Really? Yeah. He's goofy. Yeah. He was a goofy. It was so funny because I love surfing laughs and surfing on my backhand and so dad's like the rights are your guys's and my brother and i we'd share the right and then dad would be on the left with cordell yeah so your dad's no slack no he used to be in i call lowers like the snake pit (laughs) when i was a kid just because it it was such it's a cutthroat it was an insane spot and i would i started surfing there when i was like six wow you know so um yeah after it went blackies and then it went to lowers (laughs) yeah I remember my first wave at Lowers. I caught it from the outside. Dad had slingshotted me in, and I felt like I was going mock speed on this right. <laughs> and I was just flying down the line. I just remember doing a couple like carve downs, and I beached it. And there's so much more cobblestone on the beach back yeah. in the day. Yeah. And so I get to the beach, and Mom's right there when I got in. I was like, Mom, that was insane. <laughs> She's like, go out there and get another one. I was like, okay. So I ran over to the left side, paddled back out, surfed all day with my dad. That's so awesome. Yeah. It's such, you know, growing growing up and surfing like Huntington Beach Breaks and stuff and then yeah. going to a, a spot like that where, you know, you get more, it's just long so and long. drawn out and you're just like, we, we I just did more turns on one wave than I did in a whole session, you know? Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. It was magical. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, the, the, we the, always talk about crowd. that progression to like blackies right that's your first that was your first experience surfing with my surfboard um i stood up on a boogie board in mexico punta riojos um that was my first time standing up Mm. was there and then when i got home dad took me to the rip curl outlet in san clemente he's like court you have 150 bucks wish boards were still that inexpensive (laughs) but we he took me to the used rack and uh i i just remember seeing all these used boards i was like what one do i want i picked this one that was red and green and it was an old 511 rosson and it was actually pakadoskis's old board wow a a pat rosson surfboard yeah wow okay yeah but color was kind of the, the draw oh, it red. was it looked yeah. like christmas i was like i want that board it's so bright and colorful and it was a smaller like five, yeah five, yeah it was a 511 yeah it was a great board i used that and then it ended up being a hand-me-down for my brother <laughs> you know yeah so yeah you, you never forget your first surfboard no i still have it too it's more like That's a epic orange and neon green because it's so sun faded but was it a, um, was it a 90s like banana flipper thing thin, and, rockered out yeah. it got dropped on the side my brother his arm his poor little arm couldn't fit around the rail and i remember he dropped on the train tracks at oh. lowers um a few years into it but yeah it was, it was so, definitely a great board <laughs> so blackies was your First initial spot. Yeah, I'd that, say. That's where you you guys would go every weekend. Yeah, Dad would bring these old Arizona tea jugs that we had drink the tea and he'd put hot water in it in the winter and he'd wrap it in a towel and then we'd go surf and come in. Our hands are numb and our toes are tingling and he'd pour hot water on us and then we'd go to that little donut shop and he'd give us a donut <laughs> sometimes and hot chocolate. 
really good memories. So yeah. easy how a hot water bottle could just totally, you know, save the session and the vibe. You oh, know? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I just remember just all the fun memories, like my dad with just us kids out there at Blackie's. Like, feels like yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all day. All day. Yeah. Like, we would, gosh, we would be at these spots from sun up, especially at lowers, sun up to sundown. Yeah. We would just be posted up, had our little camp. Mom would, like, pre make sandwiches sometimes and just stay there all day. Just oh, full on parched on. mouth, yeah. just salty eyebrows when you come in and just sleep like rock <laughs> the, day, the, the days when you were young just forever um, yeah like the, the summers used to be forever you don't so need, now it's like this. you don't need much you know just no. feed me every couple hours and i can stay in my wetsuit all day long yeah sand can be in all the crevices <laughs> yeah like you just don't need wetsuit all care. day yeah <laughs> it, you know the I don't know, as you have kids and they're at home and then their neighbors come over and it's fun, you know, to have that kind of vibe. But it's like there's always some sort of argument. There's always this like, yeah. edgy, you know, you go to the beach and it's kind of like always a good vibe, always yeah. a good vibe. You never really hear them complain. It's no. just like, OK, go so, have fun. So yeah. when you're at Blackie's, yeah, it's crowded. Like there's a lot of people that all oh, the beginners, dangerous too. it's a beginner spot. Yeah. Right? Um. Well, you did you progress pretty quickly or I feel like I progressed pretty fast like yeah. that's where I learned how to duck dive and do all the basics you know um my dad funny enough at lowers I had this theory I would paddle straight through the middle of the lineup and he called me duck dive queen because I would like pick not going wide because I was so nervous someone would hit me I was like if I go in the middle Everyone will part the sea. That yeah. was like my my uh, so safety thought. Yeah, so much work. So I had the whole duck dive queen deal when I was a little kid. Ended up getting really good at it, but yeah, because um, we talk about surfing and learning it and how fucking hard it is, you know, because there's so many things that you so many little little nuances. nuances. Yeah, yeah, and. and learning all the little details yeah and duck diving is a huge part of surfing it and is no, nobody, if you don't get out the back you're staying no, in the white water and it doesn't get talked about like enough and like you know when to put the foot on the tail pad and like when to do the double you know and like when to bear like you know the, there's a get lot ready of, for the crocodile you know, oh gosh. but our we were at lowers uh labor day and my my littlest guy came in he was like his leash stink string broke and he was like hey you guys got an extra like leash string or something and duke my son's like do you not know how to duck dive <laughs> like fully calls him out because he's like you know his leash like broke Snap. or whatever yeah and i was looking at him and i'm like and we were all just like cracking up like it was, yeah but but it's like he you know he's just starting to learn and he he's like yeah like a duck, you know, like you could see it in their eyes. Like, yeah. I could get under, I, I could duck dive, you know, and it's a huge yeah. milestone. Of, Once you learn that, you're pretty much, you, you exponentially get that much better and more confident in, in your surfing. Well, like, yeah, you're you're like getting through a lineup, you know. And you're not taking the brunt force yeah. of the energy, which, I mean, a little wave for a little kid, I mean, it's still powerful and it's intimidating. But as soon as you kind of feel like the water wow, I'm not even getting worked, yeah. you know, like where I used to get this hammered. Like now they're kind of like, I don't know, just it's definitely a milestone yeah. and a factor of 
Well, and, I, I remember like my dad being right next to me. I'd be on my board and I'd want to like <laughs> get off to the side. And he's like, no, you don't show the ocean you're scared. Wow. He's like, stay on your board. You can do it. And like, I just remember him saying that. And it was like a classic, like, don't give anything your power and like hold it. And yeah. it was kind of huh. a deep lesson yeah. in like a small moment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was like, don't show your weakness, like hold strong kind of deal yeah. like you got this and i just remember having to like try to shove down this 511 little rosin <laughs> felt so heavy at the time and big you yeah know? i mean yeah Doug, i mean it's, it could get worked you know yeah. and, and like taking that out it's like your, your session's not going to be as good you're not going to catch as many as waves yeah you know you're going to get you know worn out quicker and like I said, when you feel that wave just kind of glide over you and you're yeah. like, what the hell? Like, I didn't even get beat down by that. that mm -hmm. It's pretty, it's pretty yeah. huge. Like, yeah. Dad would have us out in like huge El Porto. No one else would go out. And I think I was like 11 or 12 when I was probably around nine, 10 years old. And it would take forever for us to get out. It was easily in the 10 foot range. Like, damn. Heavy beach break. Yeah. yeah, and we get worked, but we get out the back. I remember this one time I had barely made it out through this one wave, and I look back and I see my brother. And I'm like, oh, I felt, <laughs> I felt for him, and he got just steamrolled all the way in. Yeah. But I feel like those like little moments really toughened us up and made us strong as individuals. You yeah. know, like the ocean really humbles you, but gives you strength too. Well, that's you know, your your tenacity and your kind of fortitude of, of making it through heavy heavy waves and situations the martial arts thing you know going back to that I think that helps you like overcome any of those fears and like you know getting hit you know or getting tumbled getting tapped out like those things are hard and yeah. sometimes they're even harder like the ocean, I mean, you can get your ass kicked in the ocean, but I oh, think yeah. those confidence builders that you went through in, in, it's a in mindset, the dojo yeah. or whatever. Don't give up. Like it's you got mental. this, pushing yeah. your body to the limit, you know. Yeah. And, but going back to surfing and learning like all the little, the duck diving and like we talk about this a lot. Trends, like, like just that first, from graduating from whitewater to the, yeah. to the open face and, and you know, like yeah. even lower, like you mentioned that one, you just like do a couple turn downs, but it yeah. felt like the hugest turns ever. Yeah, they feel so big. Yeah. <laughs> But even even paddling, right? Like getting your body over, you know, your chest over the right spot on top of the board, yeah. Where you can, where you're paddling easily, right? You're not fighting yourself. You're not fighting, and you're it, not and you're fighting not the ocean. Slipping off of it, or yeah. you know, even sitting and turning around. It's right yeah, that body, the that muscle twitches. Core. Yeah, that mm -hmm. core and muscle twitch. I remember my my brother-in-law. He was like just ripped, like you know. Just great athlete, like yeah. super gym. He trained, like, and I take him surfing and just I'm just, I'm just, yeah, he's just spent and I'm just doing circles around him. He's just looking at me like, how do you even, Help how do you get out? Like, I can't believe it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm in good shape and you're just circling, you know, and yeah. I'm like, it's just technique and, you know, like, your just, body knows the movements, you know, you start yeah. to become more economical. Like, yeah. your, your body knows what to do and can actually, rest in certain situations 
like we recover or as where someone else would be more like a workout yeah where he's huffing and puffing yeah. and, and dealing you're just with just chilling yeah yeah it's definitely because when you're learning you're in survival mode <laughs> you when are you're in survival mode you're like working against yourself almost. yes yeah like but it's, you're using excess like energy and panic but yeah. it's you know it we it's a sport and it's fun and you know you're having you're, there's so many other things going on that you don't realize you're getting such a crazy workout you know yeah. and i think that's when people get introduced to surfing the, of course the glory part's riding the wave but it's like after it's like holy smokes like whether they train in any other sport or gym yeah. or yeah. whatever like that is a freaking workout so oh when, for sure when did you start surfing contests and, and like think okay well or when did you first see it and go shit um, i want to do that now. i remember going down to like the fosters event uh, down at lowers, you know, but I think the first time was Mike Dahini. I was out at lowers and they all thought, cause I mean, you're a little kid. They're like your son surfs really well. They said that too. Uh, he said that to my mom. She, <laughs> About she, you? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> he's like, you should sign them up for the NSSA down at state park. We're, we're talking about, uh, Andrew Dahini's parents. Yep. Okay. Mike. Okay. Yeah, and she's like, oh, we'll think about it, you know. She does it just because she likes surfing, riding waves, spending time with the family. And then they had a chat with me. I ended up wanting to do it because I just love competition and testing myself. And uh, so they did a beach entry down State Beach. And I just remember it just being these massive closeouts. And someone had broken their leg and their arm. What? That day, yeah. And like the NSA. One person say, or two different two different people. people. Who the fuck breaks their legs in the arm? It was like gnarly short break. Like <laughs> it was proper. And my dad was where, where were you at, sorry? Uh State Park in San Clemente. Okay. That shore break zone. Oh, I and love that spot. yeah, it's such a good spot. And in front of the camp. They had a contest yep. there? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and so we That is a brutal shore break. Yeah, yeah. so Janice comes up to my parents and they're like we'll give you a refund for the next event you know we totally understand and they're like and she looks over at me and dad and dad's teaching me out starfish like how to fall <laughs> and so on land. Yeah, yeah on land just to no head first yeah flat, yeah flat. flat like pancake and so i just remember going out i ended up making the final i believe i first got, contest first contest nine years old mini grom i was against like chloe and them in the final, Luke Davis, and it was, <laughs> it was awesome. It was so cool, and then I ended up doing that whole year and finishing it out, and then as soon as I turned, I think 11, I was a woman, so I was under, against the 18 and under women. Wow. So the, the age groups were that drastic back yeah. then? It wasn't yeah, they like didn't all have these... a 16 under. It was like just open. once you're 11, it was open women. Yeah, well, that's which, not fair. That's not. I mean, yeah. it, it was crazy. You had to learn to protect yourself, paddle battle. You had these 15 minute heats against 18 year old women. You're going toughen up fast. Yeah. You know, so, so I wait. feel like it helped me as a competitor. So you, how long did you surf against the boys for? Just one season or? Just I think a season, season and a half, because of the way my birthday was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then you got thrown into the 18-year-old... Straight into 18 and under. I think my first one, I'd, I don't remember. I'd have to ask Janice. I was, a, I think, like 12 maybe. Mm -hmm. 
Who who were you competing against? I, I'm p- pretty sure it was at churches too. It was like Colleen and uh, I remember having events against like Karina Petroni and them for what nationals. And Chris and I we would c- compete against each other at nationals. Because you guys are roughly the same age. We're two days apart. Oh shit. Yeah, we're like super duper close. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we go way back from like Roxy days, being little Roxy girls when we were nine. Yeah. So yeah, talk about like you know you got your first Ross and use board. Yeah. And then what was your like next board or like did you have a? So my next board was the coolest thing ever. I will never forget the morning. It was like Christmas morning. I woke up and the Christmas tree was in the living room. Mom I, and Dad like. I see these two boards. And I thought I was dreaming. And I see one that's like dad's size because he always had to get a board, but it was cool. We were like matching. <laughs> and uh, I see this other little board. And I remember walking back and going back to sleep. And I wake up and it was still there. I thought it's I was dream. dreaming. I was wow. like, this isn't a dream. And it was this brand new Jeff Bushman. And wow. my dad has known Bushy since military days. And when Bushy was shaping for Nirvana and lived in Ventura and stuff. And so uh, he was my shaper for a long time. So custom, air spray, Everything. Your, your I games. had this beautiful, like, blue fade into, like, the foam, mm-hmm. the natural white. Yeah. And, yeah, I saw that That's such a random too. shaper, too. Jeff Bushman? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's known for Hawaii, you know. Yeah. Didn't Poncho ride there? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Poncho did, Tamayo. Yeah. Um, but, but with all, you know, random for us here because yeah. there's so many like yeah. other local yeah, yeah. shapers and how dense it well, is. Well, yeah, there would be like Merrick or Mayhem, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I rode Jeff Bushman's till I was second year on tour. No way. Yeah, I actually, my first year on tour, it's funny how like your surfing quiver changes when you get on tour. <laughs> <laughs> I had like three or four boards for my whole season, that's all I had. Wow. Yeah, and they're all white glass because of bushy, and I was writing six O's, because back then I was like that was normal. That was normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Open up your turns, push through your board, use your rail. You know, no flat surfing. Yeah. <laughs> no. No chips. No chip turns. No, and they were. You know, the foam was. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Clark foam, but they, really you know, thin. Yeah, they were definitely blades. They yeah. are. So yeah. So Bushman was your first board sponsor. Yep. Okay. And that that well, was. Well, my too... dad technically yeah. sponsored yeah. those yeah, yeah, boards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that flourished into a sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, and that was at nine years old, ten years old. I'd say nine. Okay. Nine. I had actually no, way before that. But that seven. Seven, I would have wow. had my first board. And then you started seven. surfing contests. Yeah. At nine. And then nine, yeah, I started getting like these smaller boards. Um, Bushy would shape for me. I had like this one that was all yellow. I called it my banana board. So a proper like size. So you know, now your progression is like you know yeah. tenfold. You know? But they could only go so short back then because they didn't have those adapters for their you know shaping bay. Yeah. That yeah. they do now for mini roms. You so, know. So like I think the smallest I had was like four eleven. Yeah. As far they could go like four six now and even smaller. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's tough. Not everybody, but yeah, they could. Yeah. They could do it. So you're starting to surf more and more contests. 
Yeah, I was doing full ATN under. I only did open. I didn't do explorer division uh, just because we trained on some weekends. I had school full time, I you know, um, and I still like my parents really didn't want to burn me out. They wanted uh, me to focus. School is always priority. Mm-hmm. Surfing was. And you're living in Santa Ana. Yeah. So I'd only surf on the weekends. Yeah. I didn't surf. I don't. I still don't surf like every day. But I didn't surf almost every day till I was on tour. That crazy. Like, so crazy. Yeah. And you have accomplished, because there's not very many people that have turned pro, men or women, that didn't grow up on the beach. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, it took a lot of um, discipline and, you know, my parents putting time yeah. on the weekend towards well, us surfing. Talent too. I mean, that too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and determination. And that too. Like, but, I, I just remember my dad and I, we'd, and mom would be filming, we'd run heats and we would play game. It was like, we would do it though, where it was like dad would take all our fins out. Yeah. And you'd be like, all right, go out there and get a 6.5. Now I think about it, I'm like, dad, how was I supposed to get a 6.5 with no fins? But then it's like. That was his training? Well, yeah, he would be like, go out there, you have. 15 minutes or seven minute we always did seven minute drills and uh we go out there my brother and i because we would he was competing at the time um we have no fins and so we would just do 360s all the way to the sand i was like that was a six five yeah (laughs) it was just fun little drills but he then he would add one fin so he'd want us to understand why our fins did what they did for us. Your dad's like a fucking Jedi master. Dude. He was, you know, and he actually, because he's an engineer and he has a huge understanding for, like, the equipment that mm-hmm. we were on. He would have us measure. I remember having the calipers and measuring 12 inches from the nose, 12 inches from the tail, the middle point having to understand why the rail was the way it was, what? why the fins had the camber and all wow. just like all the mastering details. your craft. Like Yeah, so I, I understood everything about my equipment. But that and also I think helps that gives you strength and you have knowledge that a lot of individuals don't, you yeah. know? And it betters your surfing knowing what what you're riding. Yeah, and I'd have to troubleshoot this stuff. I remember this one board that just I could not figure it out. And I was just like, the board sucks. It's a dud for me. Mm. And my dad's like, every board can be fixed by the fence. He's like, you need to figure out why the board's not working. Is there no drive? How can you change that? If there's drive, but then no pivot, then how do you change that? So I'd have to figure it out. And then I remember he gave me these TC red lines. They're like Tom, Car- Car- Tom Carroll's fin. And they had so much base, and they had this rake, but a tiny tip on the back. And I put those fins in. I ended up winning so many events <laughs> on the board that I thought was a dud and qualifying for the tour. You're kidding. On this board. That okay, was initially before, was not a board that worked. Yeah. Or it wasn't like It, it a didn't good one. work with like my normal fin, mm. you know? And So going back, I don't want to jump forward too far ahead but you start surfing contest you're riding for bush bushman who's your roxy or was your first sponsor yeah but then i was with billabong at 11 years old oh wait you you were in billabong first 
No, I was with Roxy for a year, year and a half, and then Billabong saw me at, um, their team manager saw me at an NSSA event, and then How did you get me. on Roxy? Roxy, mm-hmm. funny story, I went to a casting call for Roxy Models, and I remember <laughs> for this photo shoot, and I remember we had been surfing all morning, and we go to this casting call. I show up with salty eyebrows, salty hair, wet hair. And I'm a real surfer. Yeah, and for the thing, I literally just brought surf shots <laughs> through the thing. And they ended up shutting down right after we showed up. And they're like, we want you to be a little Roxy girl. And so that's how it started. And that's where I met Carissa. And there's this photo of like me, Carissa, Kalani Miller, and all these young women that today are still very involved in surfing. It's really cool to see. Yeah. And we're Roxy all holding skateboards, a... kind of trying to mad mug the yeah. camera. But it looks like we're all getting ready to bust out laughing because we're like little groms. How intimidating cute. are we? Yeah, we look so tough. <laughs> Not. But Roxy like was adorable. the brand. Oh, God. It was That brand. was like. Yeah, yeah the two to hearts ride, a logo that, you know, Lisa Anderson was the Lisa, freaking queen. Yeah, and she was like my icon growing For up. Sure. You know, I looked up to Lisa, her being like one of the first multi consecutive world champs, you yeah. know, for women and surfing. It was her and Kelly, you know. Yeah. And especially for the Americans, you know. And I always loved Andy Irons too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who didn't, you know, freaking yeah. raw. And I loved his raw speed. surfing, yeah. his backhand form. Yeah. So so you started Rocky, you <clears throat> rode for Roxy for a year. Yep. And then... Who was running Billabong that, that sought after you? The contest or nationals or... Yeah, so it was uh, Megan, well, Megan Villa now, but Brainerd. Yeah, okay. so she ended up seeing me at an event. And then her and... Candy Harris mm. sat me down, Enoch's wife, and uh, yeah, the rest was history for a long time. I was with them yes. for a very beautiful time. That so was awesome. Going back to your first sponsor, like we talk about this a lot. It's so it's such a huge milestone. Yeah, and like for we haven't really talked to a girl about their first sponsor. I think we well, did with Jody. We did with, a little bit with Jody, yeah. maybe even with Lisa. But yeah. but how like how incredible is it when you where you're like, holy shit, I'm getting free clothes. Put oh. a sticker on your nose and the board. The, yeah, and like, yeah, and it was funny because my first Rosin, I think I left most of the stickers on there. I would put every single sticker that mm-hmm. I got at these events. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and. These other kids that were taking contests all serious before I was competing. You can't put those like, logos together. Yeah, they're like, how does she have all those sponsors? <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. But then when I got on to Roxy, I, yeah, I think they were giving me just a little over a hundred bucks to pay for a surf contest and then free clothes. Yeah. And that's what, how it started. I was so stoked. I mean... Making that much as a little nine-year-old's pretty cool. And the, par- Dude, that's and the parents are like, you know, it's a, a relief. Even if, yeah. you know, yeah. the parents have means or not, it's like, hey, yeah. you know, you're shelling out, like, driving and hotels. The and gas, gas and everything. And- like, the investment a parent puts for a kid is pretty incredible. Especially, like, I, I give so much to my oh, parents. Yeah. Like, it's I wouldn't so be who I am without what they did and some of the decisions they made, you know. Yeah. 
it's just cool too like your dad is a full-on surfer right yeah and you know he of course you want your kid to follow in your footsteps and surpass you mm-hmm. you know and here you are you know you're winning contests or doing well in contests and all of a sudden you got a you know spot a big sponsor like roxy like how big of a proud moment is that you know what i mean yeah it's pretty for, beautiful for both your parents. and yeah they did so much and i i remember just from that point it was still a lot about my dad would was very adamant like the weekends we go to the beach and we spend time together so all of us were always together on the weekends mm-hmm. and you would find my sister she she was always on the beach with mom they would read go for walks and you'd she'd be in the tide pools looking for sea slugs, little octopus, you know, and whatever's there. And now I look at where she's at. She's a biologist, like no protecting the environment, you know, and you're it shows how me. much your youth can impact you yeah. and the decisions your parents and the opportunities that they open for you, you know, can really uh, nurture to who you become. Mm-hmm. And opens you, your mind to Yeah, you, you can kind of. Just, steer your kids in a, a little bit but you also got to cast like a big net yeah. and see what they gravitate to yeah you know? they signed us up for so much but you could really see like at the beach what we all ended up doing that's crazy yeah and then my brother he was out there with me he ended up taking up pop warner football and then rugby going to the east coast for college and um now he's here back in huntington so it's just it's really cool just looking at how we've all transformed. Yeah. You know, your own Good parenting. Too. Yeah. You know, your great parenting. Yeah. So the Billabong thing, it's the next big step for you in, in your amateur career. Yeah, like, it was a huge step. Yeah. Like, I, I remember we were at a golf course having some food. I, I don't even remember if I ate. I was just so nervous and I didn't want to mess it up. And I was like, trying to just dialogue about my love for surfing and what my goals were, my five-year goals. and Now, did you have a portfolio? I didn't do any of that stuff. <laughs> you know, there's so many like, parents that do that, but I, I guess it was just a very talking. organic thing. Yeah. Which um, is funny because, like... People have always asked me for that stuff, and it's just like... I've had to create it now, but it's just, I've always just been who I am and I'm pretty transparent yeah. of like my thoughts and, and they were seeking, where I want to go. And they were yeah. seeking you out. like they, they were. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember being at this golf course in Irvine with Candy and Megan. They're there and my mom and I were sitting together and they were telling me what they wanted to offer and I was just blown away. I thought someone believed in me that much too. Yeah. Um, invest in me, you know. At that time, were you winning events and like yeah. were you stand out? Like, yeah. was this 12, 13, or what did you say? Uh, I was 11. 11. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I was just couldn't believe the opportunity that was in front of me. And I took that very seriously that someone believed in me. So I obviously wanted to show them. You want to live up to, you know, their expectations, but also just really represent them well, you know, and represent my family well. And yeah, so. Did you really think about all those things? I did. I was a very, (laughs) I I feel like I was always kind of an old soul and a young kid, you know, and I always knew what I wanted to become. My my daughter just turned 12. Yeah. 
And I'm thinking, gosh, at 11 years old, here you are sitting at a table getting a, a pretty big deal, you know, a yeah. pretty big milestone achievement in your life. And here you are talking how... With contracts and money and, <laughs> and all this other yeah. stuff when most kids are just but, like, you know, doing, you know... Yeah. Yeah. At 11 years old, what do you... What's your mind going through? Like, yeah, no. Like, yeah, that. free shit. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You yeah, know? you're like, psyched. How many stickers you know? do I get? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it was just a very different level. And so, yeah, you kind of had to grow up fast, you know, and you start having an understanding and knowledge in business at a very young age, you know, and my parents, they always really taught me about creating goals and creating steps to become wherever you want to go. Wow. And leading yourself that way and how We've you can get there. have been doing it all wrong, Laura. Well, it was so funny. I think it's I, a mix of my, no, it, everyone has their own way of like, raising and my dad you know coming up he was a foster kid and wow he really pivoted his whole life and after the military it really gave him that structure and discipline and he raised us with that discipline you know and yeah. it was really cool and but he always would hold us accountable and so am my mom you know and they really worked together and um i remember writing a contract between me and my dad and it was a contract on like I qualify for a tour. You run a mile because my dad would never go to the gym, <laughs> would never run, and he had to run a mile around Santa Ana College's track if I qualified for a tour. And it was the coolest thing ever because when I qualified, I was like, for him, right. for you, that's torture for him. <laughs> it was the yeah. best thing. It wasn't even qualifying. Like qualifying was amazing, but to see my dad run a mile yeah. in front of me, and I remember he bought new shoes and track pants, and he ran around, and it was funny. I was watching him, and then I was like, "When am I ever going to get my dad running again? I want to run with my dad right now." So yeah. I ended up running the last couple laps with my dad. It was the coolest thing ever. Well, you know, your parents, you know. But it's a classic manifestation, like yeah. writing it down yeah. and creating it. You made it attainable, and it's like you put it on paper, now make it happen. I think holding deal. your kids accountable, but as a parent, you want them to have a better life and have, yeah. you know, take the, the goods and the bads that you've had through your life. You know, being a foster kid, you know how important family is, yeah. which you put at the forefront, learning from... His military days, Navy, was it? Yeah. That, you know, like that discipline. I mean, all of that, you know, he's pushing on to the next generation of you yeah. and your siblings. Yeah. And, and a lot of, I'm what? sure, good and bad ways. But, you know, for the well, most part. You know, I don't think there's ever a perfect handbook no. on, like, how to be a parent. Oh, and yeah. every kid's so different, like, every wave. <laughs> you know, it's like you never know what we try to tell our kids child you're going to have and how they evolve and the way their mind works, you know. And it's like. You're never going to make a perfect decision, but you make the decision that's right for that moment, Yeah, I think. And parents come from that place, you know, yeah. of love good and care. Good intentions, but we're not perfect. We make mistakes. always and... had good intentions, yeah. you know. Yeah. They wanted the best for us. Like, my mom came from a broken family as well, worked up through Wall Street, and then took raising us head on as her full-time deal you know and it was just like a huge pivot so all that energy she had with managing brokers and things she put into her kids you know and so your mom was a a trader like a wall street trader she was a manager so she managed the floor 
wow. manage yeah. people. So yeah. managing three kids was... Yeah, that's the easy. Yeah, she was no, awesome. <laughs> she, if anyone needed to get something done, they call her kind yeah. of deal. Like, they just needed things to change and to happen. Our, our wives are the managers. It was. Too. It would never go on hold. <laughs> it would be done in like twenty minutes. It was like not on the desk tomorrow kind of deal. I, so yeah, that's that's really good to have because I see my wife. She she's like you know just taskmaster you know, manager and gets it all handled. And I'm just like, wow, you're like Wonder Woman. You know, it's crazy how much they do. But we made our daughter sign a contract too for college. We're like, look, you know, like, this is, is, you know, like a really big expense. And, you know, this is for your opportunity. And this is what we want you to maximize it. This is what's going to cost. And if you succeed then you know your yeah. liability goes away but if you don't then this is the then liability you absorb that, that cost yeah so i get that it's a yeah. good it's, that's good it's, it gives them incentive you know yeah. to invest that time right and when they have that fork in the road where they need to make a decision yeah having that accountability of the contract will make them hopefully go in the decision that's best for them you know yeah and i think just incentivizing them and you know yeah. every day whether it's grades or or keeping your room clean, you know, you could say it's chores or whatever, but it's like, you know, having these little things that keep them in check and be like, Hey, this life's not just a free for all. Like we all work. We don't want to come home and be your maids. Like that's not okay. You know, you guys got to step it up. Well, and it's kind of like, you know, I, I was guilty. I didn't always make my bed growing up, but it's like, as you grow up, you understand why little simple things just create cleanliness of the mind too especially as an athlete like you start I've always read so many sports psychology books and habits and books on how to manifest and keep your thoughts clean and have clarity you know moving forward to create dreams and into a reality not just a dream that seems unattainable and traveling is stressful you know it is and how do you create home with wherever you go yeah i I was called the boy scout because i had like everything yeah you know just because you don't know what you're going to expect and where you're going to go and if you're going to have you know you just peace of mind like hey i I got all i I got everything covered from you know first aid kit preparedness for sure and you know to my fan of peanut butter, I bring a jar of peanut butter. I don't know if I could get peanut butter in this country. You know, I'd be, I, how long I'm going to be? I don't know. I would. Just I like... always brought peanut butter. Tapatio, <laughs> yeah, tapatio, and my own pillow and, and incense. My own pillow. I still. My wife's yeah. like, we just got back from Hawaii, and she's like, why don't you just leave your pillow here? And I'm like, no. Nope. Well, then what am I going to use at home? She's like, don't you have another one? I'm, I'm like. Yeah, but no, I'll, I can put it back. In, no, I'm yeah. bringing it with me. It's, it's, it's quirky, always a pain it's... to travel with like a pillow, especially when like I would have my two board bags and my suitcase and my carry on. Mom had her camera and her suitcase. Oh. It, was, oh, it was so much stuff. But I was like, my pillow has to take like half my carry on, <laughs> you oh, know, and it was always worth it because I'd spend like a month or two months in places, yeah. you know, you if sleep, not more. You sleep better. If you sleep That's better, it, yeah. you wake up more refreshed and you can actually tackle your day versus waking up like you, you're you on melatonin, just half asleep, dream state. <laughs> yeah. So what was your like first surf trip? You know, you've done this Mexico family trips in the summer and, yeah. you know, you're doing NSSAs. Like where was your, you know, do you guys do family uh, so the or? first trip, I think, Tavaro with HSS. Wow. No way. Like your first real big Yeah, surf with trip. my dad. Yeah. So I had gone to Hawaii for a Roxy photo shoot okay. when I was a kid. And then 
like I'm summertime South Shore surf? Or? I'm trying to think which came first because Tahiti, Tahiti, I think I was still, yeah, Tahiti would have been first actually. Tahiti was, yeah, ISA Worlds. So Hawaii. And then Tavaro was shortly after. Yeah. Wow. So In this age group, you're how old are you know? I was 11. 11. Holy smokes. Yeah, because they brought me on as an uh, athlete for a U.S. surf team. Yeah. Yeah. Billabong did. No, U.S. PT. Oh, okay. PT, yeah. He wanted me to be at that event in Tahiti. I was the alternate surfer if someone got injured. And then when I was 12, I had my first ISA Worlds out at Huntington. <laughs> and so that was when, fun. when did you, when did PT come into your life like 11 okay yeah and he was um he was coaching the the u.s surf team and u.s the previous year i think the year before i'd lost against switzerland switzerland (laughs) yeah wow that should never happen i know it should never have happened and so they brought pt on and pt obviously a legend a man with great guidance and advice, amazing coach. Yeah, he's done a lot for... Has done so much for the sport of surfing mm-hmm. on an international and domestic level yeah. for the like U.S. unselfishly. Like, like, very you know, like, and amazing. His passion for surfing, yeah. his archives and his history, everything he's... Like, so inspired on what he's done. Yeah, you know? it goes unnoticed. I mean, everybody knows, but he, like, he was... We had a surf team, Huntington Beach High School against yeah. Marina this morning at the Cove. And he shows up and he's, he's hanging there, out huh? and hanging, you know, and I'm like telling him, I'll go, it's my 30 year reunion. I go, you coached us at junior high at Dwyer. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's a long time ago, you know, but <laughs> wherever he could help, like whether it's a junior high surf team, NSSA, he US, always. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And he obviously, I, gosh, there's so many just quotes that he would come in tell me and one of the ones he passed on that I will never forget is commit to the outside and I feel like for me as an athlete in my competitive realm that was something that I always maintain and kept close and that's why I tend to like bigger conditions yeah as well as just big, like you know you're on the biggest wave you do the biggest turn hit the biggest closeout section as hard as you can like yeah. That's, I was like, that was awesome. And my dad, he would always be like, straight to the bottom, straight to the top. Yeah. The key is your bottom turn, you it, know? That, that was it. It was like your first bottom turn sets up the whole wave. Yeah. Your first bottom turn. You mess that up. Yeah, you can't just turn halfway down the face. You got to get to the bottom. And then whether it's a, a pump, you know, or a top, hopefully it's a top turn. Yeah. There was days where he'd be like, I want to see you guys go out, bottom turn, and just go hit the lip. And I don't care if you fall 10 times in a row. Yeah. Bottom turn, straight up in the lip. None of this, like, ain't, like it was. Yeah. And that, you know, at the time, you're just trying to think about. 12 o'clock. Yeah. You're just hit it. <laughs> trying to do it. But, yeah. you know, as you get better and, you know, it, it, it made sense. You yeah. know, at the time, you're just kind of following direction and you're not really thinking too much into it. Yeah. Yeah. One you don't of the see drills. this huge progression right away. You kind of feel like you're blowing it a lot, missing. You're like, I just ruined that wave, you know, because you're falling right at the beginning. You're like, but practice, practice, he, practice. He would give you this one simple drill, and every athlete that's like a junior athlete should be able to do it. Catch away from the outside and beach it. <laughs> it could be whitewater, but so many people would get in their own way and not make it to the sand. And it was just the most simple drill and he would just shine a light on so many little flaws of mental, you know? Mm-hmm. 
and people with the ego trying to perform out the back and do all this stuff and then they'd fall halfway yeah and all you had to do is ride straight in. It's amazing what you could accomplish if you don't fall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? And all you had to do is like no turns. It wasn't scored. It was just like A to B, you pass. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have to do this crazy no. air reverse out the back to make the heat. It's like just yeah. get to the beach, go yeah. and fall. That's it. <laughs> Going back too, it's like you're from Santa Ana. You're not a local beach grom. No. And your talent surpassed. A ton, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the importance of that, I don't think people really realize. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she's manifesting it during the week and then, you know, weekend drawing warrior. barrels in my journal <laughs> at school. You're a weekend warrior that became a world renowned surfer. Yeah. And listening to you talk about, you know, the inspirations from your parents and from PT, it's like, holy shit, like, there's people that have that inspiration, but they don't accomplish what you've accomplished. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and yeah. we could look at, you're, you're a little landlocked, but we look at a lot of, you know, world champions and crazy surfers that come out of Florida, especially the, the Lopez brothers that are on the Gulf Coast, yeah. where there was, they had to drive four hours yep. to get to the other side every weekend. Yeah. They didn't, they could surf maybe in front, like... Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the mindset but, that really carries yeah. you to the finish line. Like all the talent in the world can get you so far, but then winning contests or, or getting to that level, you know, yeah. is, is a whole Sponsorship, right size boards, yeah, winning contests, like, you know, parents, people in your court, like whatever that helped. But the person is ultimately like... You know, you can't put drive in a person. You could no. inspire and be there and support and give you all the tools, but it's like there's something, you know, that's you could be the most that like pushes. Not, not to anybody's accomplishment is an accomplishment, right? Yeah. And not to belittle anybody's accomplishment, but how many people have we seen that had so much like potential, potential yeah. and you're just like, fuck. Like mm-hmm. that person could have been on the on the tour, That's it. but but for whatever reason, they didn't make it. Yeah. Jay Larson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think um, you know my dad. I think because coming into surfing, being weak and warriors, and especially as coming into surfing as little kids, he would tell my brother and I every day, guys, is a good day, take advantage of it, and. Little things. Yeah. Simple things. Like just appreciate today. Yeah. yeah. And I would be out there all day just surfing on the weekend because it was a great day. And no matter what the conditions were on the weekend, we were at the beach. And I think we didn't take waves for granted, you know? And I think that's why the East Coasters, people that you drive to the beach. Yeah, you're thirsty. You go out there. You're hungry and you're, you're, you're like, I'm going it. to surf at least for two hours because I was in the car for an hour, you yeah. know? So I got to make it worth it, you yeah. know? And I, I think Surfline, for those that, you know, sorry, sidebar, for Surfline and being able, we would just suit up at home. I was fortunate enough to just be able to yeah. like bike, but it was like, there was no check in anything. You're no, just, you just you're getting a suit on, you're, dry, you're, you're biking down or skateboarding, you're surfing. Yeah, yeah. There no matter no, what. No matter what. Now yeah. it's like, Oh, I don't know. Is it what's the tide, the wind? Uh, you know, it's like you're trying to make oh, excuses up. Like you don't yeah. know how fortunate. Like surf. Like yeah. I think, you know, 
that's definitely like kind of hindering like some of that. Well, and as an athlete, you don't get to pick the ideal conditions. I mean, on the tour, you have this holding period, but most of the time, majority of the time, you're surfing really bad waves. Yeah. A lot. A lot. Like 95% of the time, you're in bad surf, and bad surf is like storm, small, flat, but then you get that little 5%, and you're psyched on it, and yeah. you don't take that for granted. <laughs> yeah, we had That's Tom, sure. Tom Curran, who's a man of very few words, come to our surf class a, a couple of times and when we were young. And this is like, we are sponsored by OP, was like the yep. team sponsor. And wow. We got him to come and, you know, I think, you know, he mentioned, you know, it was like, you know, everybody could surf good in like good ways. It's like how, you know, and again, back then the tour is in really bad ways. It's like, you know, yeah, like how, to make, how, how to surf good in bad ways yep. is like, you know, that's what, you know, he was saying that's what he focuses on. You know, mm-hmm. like, hey, I could perform when it's good, but it's like, you know, how to perform when it's in like really bad conditions is like the goal. Yeah. And it's like, wow, that's this, crazy. Did you go to high school? Yeah, I went to Sage Hill. Okay. So I well, went. Well, you graduated from Sage Hill. Yeah, okay. I did four years there. So I went to Via Fundamental in Santa Ana and I had this amazing counselor and my mom was part of PTA for a long time and helped get these students' scholarship through A Better Chance, which is like a foundation that gives scholarship for kids that don't have a lot of financial backing and great grades. So they help give these kids a shot in boarding school for high school. Well, and no cheap yeah. school. No, no, I got scholarship in there. Yeah. And then, is that the one off the 73? Yeah. The nice one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I, I went there um, for all four years. My brother and sister went through that same program, ABC, and ended up gaining scholarships to a boarding school in the East Coast, St. George's. Mm. And so they were there in Rhode Island for four years. Um, and I went to Sage because I wanted to still pursue surfing and competing. So I stayed at a day school. So I would go home at night with mom and dad as where they were there for four years Wow! at Rhode Island. And um, yeah, Sage was amazing because I feel like it really, they nurtured me as a student and as an individual and gave me the tools to expand who I was, you yeah. know? And I, I had the partial scholarship and then the remainder I paid with my sponsor money. That was, Smart. So I was using my sponsor money at that time to pay for my surfing and for my school. <coughs> That's crazy because like, yeah, I mean, just at your caliber at that age, you know, most sponsors or most athletes are like, you know, <coughs> hey, I want to, you know, tour, tour. I want to get out, I want to get out Travel. and take my GED and go, you yeah. know? And, yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with the parents and, and, and putting the emphasis on school and, and staying grounded and be yeah. like, hey, that, that will be there like in a it year will. or two or three yeah. years. It's not going to change, but so you know, it's different, you know, yeah, mindsets like, from different. I still only surfed backgrounds. on the weekends till junior, senior year. They moved my PE class. <laughs> they, I, I think they have a term for it now for athletes at Sage where they'll move the Zero PE period. class in that first period. So I didn't start school till like 9.15 on Tuesdays and then Thursdays some weeks. And because they ran themselves like a college, you know. The way yeah, they block structured, like yeah. yeah, the block schedule and stuff. So I would get up at like four fifteen, and I'd go surf with mom at the pier, 
and then we'd train for a few hours, and I'd go to school. Straight to school. Yeah, straight no time to, to school. Go back to... Like, my Adidas sweatpants, wet hair, and a sweatshirt. Like, yeah. I... Wait, Billabong. You were wearing Billabong sweatpants. <laughs> they didn't have sweatpants back then. Yeah. They actually didn't. No uniform at the school? They didn't have uniform. The only thing we couldn't have was bra straps, you know? Mm, yeah. Conservative. Um, yeah. yeah. More, they wanted just to make sure you look professional going yeah. to school. But, yeah, so then I went to school, and then after class I did track and field cross country. And by you did like, other sports, too? You did other sports Yeah, too. so I did that. I would be there till almost 6 o'clock at night, and then I would go to DSC training a few days a week in Huntington, train with Brett and the crew down there with Kevin Dean. And then I'd get home around 8.30 and 9 o'clock, do my homework, and then get to bed by 2 o'clock some nights, and I'd fall asleep. And Mom would bring me, like, midnight snacks of, like, carrots and celery and be like I'd be half asleep studying and not wake up the next day and repeat like junior senior year or grinding it was a grind I didn't get my license till like I was 19 because I was so busy mom would take me to class and then would take me to the DSE training and then I had I would literally get my sleep in the car it was like a habit I'd fall asleep in the car get my power nap so that I could just keep going. Yeah. I was just full machine mode. And then, yeah, ended up qualifying from 2009. I got that U.S. Open win. And it gave me enough points to start steamrolling into that tour qualification. So senior year, I qualified for tour. And then I got like You're the no. You were a senior and you qualified for the While I was WCT. in school. I turned down wild cards to sunset because I would miss too much class. Wow. <laughs> That's hard to do. So it can, was. We, can we go back a second and <laughs> yeah. talk about your junior world titles? Yeah. So walk us through those events like ISA, right? Yeah. So I, I won the ISA world title that same month. So I, I went on this like winning streak in 2009 where we hadn't had a u.s gold medal for i think almost 10 years at that point Mm. individual and team and i won the u.s open in 09 and then i had just won the supergirl right before that and then after that i went to costa rica the next day the day after the u.s open win went to player hermosa and was working with ian cans and and yeah, Kanga, and ended up having a great event, just phenomenal. Just was in that flow state the whole time. Just probably from the confidence running off of the last two events, I was just magic board backing my decisions. Magic board, like Big this one board bushman? was. Yeah, it was a Bushman, and it had this rad Rising Sun airbrush that I had done. I ended up breaking it in Brazil. I was so bummed, and uh, <laughs> so you're in high school. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Senior year. Yeah, it was. But these were summer events. It was in summer, so these events in summer were amazing because it allowed me to get that traction on that professional level, and so my gold medal for ISA is for the U.S. Surf Team ended up helping us get enough points to get the team gold that year too, which was insane. So it was really cool. It was a nice way to end. Like I don't think it was junior. It was world. It was worlds. 
And when did two you... U.S. Opens, two runner-ups, two, 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 twos. Lots three, of twos. Yeah, three <laughs> Usually, times. I, it's funny, like the events, because I ended up having a lot of a learning curve, a massive learning curve my rookie year on tour. Like, that year was so challenging, so Can much. I interject real yeah. quick? Yeah. So, that meeting, Billabong, you're 11 years old. You start writing for Billabong. I mean, the world tour was your aspiration, right? Like that. Yeah, that was when your I was goal. in fourth grade, I, I wouldn't say I totally knew what my like career was going to be, but when I was in fourth grade, it was when they put, what do you want to do when you grow up? It was astronaut and pro surfer. <laughs> I feel like some of my goals were like shooting for the stars. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe close to astronaut, but not quite. But definitely got that pro surfer one down. You know, I remember Serena Brooke Day and uh, the Rochelle Ballard camp that they yeah, did when yeah. I was younger. And just being so inspired by Serena and just her energy that she had this confidence i was like i don't know how to get there but i'm going to figure it out i want to be that that. yeah i want to be serena brooke having this camp having this event and inspiring young women i don't know how i'm going to do it but i'll figure it out and that's that journey just you know there was no (laughs) path really for the santa kid to get on tour yeah. I didn't know what to do. My parents and I didn't. We just kept learning, challenging myself as an athlete and creating values and positive morals that gave me the tools that I needed to endure whatever the world gave me, you yeah. know? Yeah, I think it's just a never give up kind of attitude, but at the same time, you're 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 living out your passion. You're surfing, you yeah. know? You're, yeah. you're having fun as long as the, the headspace doesn't get so you know, screwed up with the contest, you know, because yeah. that, that's an emotional uh, roller, coaster, roller coaster, you know, but yeah. at the end of the day, there's a lot of different visions of how to be a professional surfer, you know, and what that means to that person or you as a yeah. career, you know, but yeah. And you know. how you want to go about being on the world tour. Like when I was on the tour, I wanted to win titles. Like I don't want to just be requalifying. That wasn't my goal. I wanted to be in that title of chase. Yeah. You know, I had so many title hits where I was like in that top five and it was us coming down the last comp or two events before, you know, and it's just, it puts you in those high stake scenarios and how your body handles. And I mean, there's so many times I was in these title runs and injured and having just tough it out, you know, and I definitely had a ton of injuries out of a lot of the women on tour, but I never needed an injury wild card. I always requalified without needing one. Yeah, yeah. Which so, is like, I mean, that stuff you can't avoid. You know, that's just life. It, you it know? just happens. Like, I missed three, four events on tour, so I had half a season to yeah. keep myself on. Yeah. So going back to 2009, is it you're saying that you won... The, the ISA, mm-hmm. and then you won the U.S. Open that year, too? So I won U.S. Open, and then right after, I literally was getting on that pl- plane the next night. For ISA? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So let's talk about that U.S. Open. Yeah. The first one. Mm-hmm. Because you're how old? Like 17? 16. 16? Yeah. 
hometown. Mm-hmm. Well, speak. Yeah. You know what's crazy? Huntington's not your hometown. No, Santa but Anna's your hometown. Of and, course, but I'm but home break. You, you made it. You know, because I wanted. To, I, I was thinking this the whole time because. A lot of people in the world think that you grew up in Huntington Beach. Huntington, yeah. Right? And I'm yeah. sure you've done a bunch of interviews and talked to people. But yeah. for our sake, in our our show, our listeners, you're from Santa Ana. <laughs> yeah. Born and raised Santa Ana girl. Yeah. Like, and, and you eventually, you know, kind of made Huntington your home base, right? Like yeah. You, my training ground your is training what ground. I would say. Yeah. Like I spent so many hours at Huntington surfing from all the hotels, trying to escape from crowds, hunting onshore winds to train in. <laughs> right. You know? And She's my that's kind of surfer. That's easy to do on Huntington. Yeah. Onshore? Oh, yeah. Yeah, every day's got northwest wind or south wind. <laughs> so bad. So, uh. you, U.S. Open, 2009, you're 16 years old. That's so gnarly that I, I didn't know you were that young when you first won that yeah. contest. Yeah, I was super young. And so, tell us about that day and like it was crazy. A, so you're, was, you're not just surfing one heat. You're not just surfing one day. You're going through the whole week. And they actually forgot to put me into that event. Funny enough, and I was supposed <laughs> to be in the event, so I actually had to start with a lower C than I was supposed to. Because they couldn't reshuffle by then. Because they couldn't too reshuffle. Late. Yeah. yeah. And so I had to surf two extra heats, and I was just like, oh well, I'm like secretariat just. Give me that running start, and you're not going to stop me. Like, because once I get that momentum, and I, I love surfing a lot of heats in a day, yeah. you get like this rhythm going. So I didn't mind it. And I was coming off of this awesome trip to Bali, and I was there with Billabong at the time. And I remember having this dream. And wow. I had this dream of me working with a coach a couple days, and I had I pretty much manifested in my sleep that I was going to win. I just remember being out in the water and seeing the pier with the countdown of like 12 seconds and this feeling in my dream of like joy. I was like, this is crazy. I woke up and I think it was like 3.45 in the morning in Bali. And I was leaving the next day to go home to, to start, start the contest. US Open like a week later. And I ended up, work- Ian Cans calls me and he's like, hey, want to run a few drills with you and Sage for Costa Rica. I'll be by your side uh, during the Huntington event, give you some guidance. And so we ended up doing some training uh, at Southside. And then next thing you know, like five, six days later, I was winning the U.S. Open. And it was in some of the biggest surf I've ever seen at Southside. Like the water, I remember it just breaking and spraying everyone by the bathrooms and um, paddling out at like tower, tower 11 or 13 because the current was cranking. A heat and a so half hard. before, like yeah, this. Yeah, and you're me. like watch, looking at your watch going, okay, I have five minutes till my heat starts. I'm going to paddle out now and I'll be in front of the comp site yeah. before or hopefully right as it starts. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we had jet ski assist that event because there was so much current and it was, it was wild. It, and I remember I ended up getting. A perfect score and when I came in uh, Kelly gave me a high five and I was this little six-year-old kid and he's like that was insane because I hit this one turn right under the pier and then had to shoot through the pier and uh, yeah it was it was a wild event yeah I mean it's not just you know 
important because it is, you know, your training ground, your home surf town as far as, you yeah. know, that aspect. But it's like, it's a big <laughs> event, like the scaffolding, the pier, like the, the, the uh, amphitheater kind of setting. Yeah. Like the perform, There's a lot more pressure. To perform in front of that huge audience, the amphitheater, it, which is the Huntington it's crazy. amphitheater. Plus the conditions that you're talking about, right? Yeah. And your age. But to hear you say you manifested it, you know. Yeah, I, it's, it was it's like so a massive dream. Yeah. yeah. It was weird. I don't understand it, but I was like I had already been there before. And it was like I calming. literally, it was this calming effect. Like I know what to do. Who was in the final? I am belonging yeah. at this moment. And it was like this weird moment that happened. And uh, it was Malia. Yeah, and we had two very different approaches. She was going for more of the medium ones, getting multiple turns, and I was finding the biggest set and trying to do biggest the biggest turn. hammers. PT's come back. You PT's committed to the outside? I did, yeah. and I remember just hammering two turns and just like, I don't know, just feeling so free in the moment, and it was it was a really awesome feeling. And, uh, yeah, I just, I love... The whole amphitheater that U.S. Open brings, like mm -hmm. that crowd, always fueled me. It always gave me energy. It didn't really stress me out. I actually got fired up, and I would like feed off of the people. Yeah. And their energy, and they're just stoke, you know. Yeah. And just use it when you get tired. Like I found a way just to funnel that vibe and use it to recharge my system. You know, yeah. draw off of their energy. That's wild. You know, it's like that. Yeah. Like you, you got a job at hand and, you know, and you embrace all of that instead yeah. of just using it as excuses or deflection. Like, oh, I don't know this, you know, like getting it bothered, you know, having a yeah. bother just once you're in the water. I mean, all, all that stuff on land and it's whether you're in New Jersey or not, noise. So yeah. you get in the water and it's like. It's calming. just you in the ocean. Yeah. It's like and in, you need insane. two waves, you was, know. Was that your biggest win at the time yes okay yeah it was i had one ecsc which was a little one star on the east coast yeah yeah and you won, believe you I won had ecsc one. yeah wow that's yeah. a big contest yeah virginia beach yeah that's an awesome coastal event. edge yeah puts it on yeah. i got a little head dip <laughs> it was so funny I, mean, I remember our first time showing up my family we did a road trip to drop my sister off at school in rhode island so we started at Virginia, I surfed my event. Then we drove down to uh, South Carolina and drove all the way up, surfing all the spots. But I remember the first time my family and I showed up at Virginia Beach, we were like, this is where the event is? No <laughs> joke. The waves were like Half maybe a foot, a foot yeah. not even. And I was like, okay, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, you know? <laughs> like, let's work on this. And my dad had made this fin, this back fin, it was kind of like a GX fin, but he had made it himself, like sanded it, and it was this really rad little trailer fin, and it was smaller than the side fins, like substantially. So I was pretty much surfing like a 20 on a thruster, so I had more pivot out of my tail, and ended up ha having my first win out wow. there. Wow. So. Your dad sanded down a fin, and you oh, yeah. won. <laughs> <laughs> a sanded down dad fin so wild i mean fins i mean we, we talk about boards and fins a lot and 
this guy, he's like, Finns, I don't know. Like, you know, you're getting more and more educated. For sure. For sure. Oh, they can make or break a board and the boxes. Like, I didn't ride futures because I didn't understand the box as and for my smaller build, now I have enough weight, I feel like it's pretty good. But I was always concerned about it stiffening my tail block too much. You know, like the back part of my tail. Especially because I always like the little butt, I call them button plugs. The <laughs> yes, original? Yes. Yeah. I always love those because they're just so small, so easy. Like, yeah. they're just what I was used to, you know. And then when I, I think a year and a half ago, I went towards futures just because there's so much more drive out of that fin yeah yeah we love futures yeah i, I love I mean, futures yeah. too like once you learn it too they do so much more with the inside foil and it's yeah and the material solid base you're getting flex from the entire yeah. you know you know base of the fin yeah and i don't know i i grew up on glass ons and so oh, I, I love glass and i you know, traveling with so many boards, and I'd be like, okay, I'm, I have four boards with glass ons, and then I'm breaking four without, and you know, I always lean towards the glass ons first, and you know, just yeah. that I don't know that that feeling, and uh, you know, the little buttons, yeah, they're cool for travel and they're great, but I just, I mean, I, yeah. I just didn't really have a connection, and then when Futures came along with the, the full box, I was like, I'm in, and, yeah, you know, those but were I, awesome. Talking about flex is. I would break the boards in front of the two front fins all the time or crease them. Yeah. You know, and that's just from hitting the lip or, or turning like the flex pattern. They've changed, you know, this was like years and years and, you know, probably yeah. precursor of what the, the plugs are, you know, now. But for sure, the flex pattern definitely so was different. This show's not about Lar. This yeah. show's about. But we're talking, we're talking boards and stuff. <laughs> yeah, little tiger. Right. Come on. <laughs> nah, so. it's all good. I geek out over equipment. We yeah. can have like a whole podcast about just boards. Yeah, right. Bring Tim on here and we just rant. That, that'll be the next one. <laughs> Me and Tim yeah. with you guys. That'd yeah. be sick. So. Love Tim. <laughs> so, um, 2009, you win US Open. You, uh, a week later, you win. The ISA? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I literally, next day, so a week later, I literally had the medal. <laughs> That's really Yeah, it was crazy. And, uh, were, were people just, you know... Yeah, there's trip, definitely like a lot of... Tripping, your sponsors are tripping, your... I actually got dropped by two of my sponsors right after all that. I got let go by Reef and Smith at the time. For what reasons? Just the uh, they changed their yeah. vision. You know, they went more the model route and not the athlete one. Okay. And then just financial decisions. You know, and yeah. I just happened to be on that cut line, so I actually was doing better as an athlete, but it got dropped by sponsors. And it just shows you, like, well, for me, I had, I was like, well, why? Especially at that age, I was just like, why me? Yeah. And, and then I came from a place of like, now I understand like, well, it's not necessarily you, it's just their decision in business, you know? So you can't, it does affect you personally, but you can't judge yourself on that as an individual. Cause that is probably one of the worst things you could do is judge yourself on a sponsor dollar. Yeah. It's really challenging cause it's your lifeline, you know, having sponsors, especially as an athlete. It's like a lot of financial change, you know. For sure. But that so that was happened. during the financial, like 
you know, crash so, yeah. on so, the other side of it. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like things happen and you ride the wave, you know, and you deal with the whole down and I dealt with it like you would, yeah. you know, you keep your head up and you keep walking towards your dream, you know, and live within your means. Yeah, exactly. You, you know? just get frugal. You Please. learn how to. My mom, obviously, coming from the financial, like Wall Street side, she knew on how to invest and making decisions and creating a savings, not spending everything. And that's why I was had the capacity to pay for my high school was because I learned to save. And I wasn't buying sports cars. I wasn't, yeah. you know, buying things I didn't need. You know, I only got what... I or wanted I didn't buy things that I wanted a lot I always bought only like my bare needs yeah you know I didn't need 20 pants discipline right there you know it was discipline my mom always taught us needs versus wants and I I will never forget this one lesson she had with my brother and I with candy and Hmm. we went to uh, Watson's drugstore had a little diner in orange circle and it had this little candy shop, and she gave us $10. She's like, you guys could spend 5 250 between the two of you. Like, you each get 250 And Ryan spent all 10 bucks. I bought one candy. <laughs> and <laughs> she busted. grabbed the candy and threw it away in front of us. And Ryan was just bawling his eyes out. And I was sad because I got one candy. But you, you're a team, you know, and yeah. I didn't didn't uh, convince my brother not to spend his ten the ten dollars so we lost all ten bucks with that <laughs> lesson but hey. it was a good lesson yeah it yeah. taught me a lot and I was like all right you don't spend more than you have you know and manage your wants and needs. you don't create debt you know yeah um, but it's hard when you're you know you're don't have a lot of overhead, you know, at a young age, you're getting money and you're, yeah. you're just like, you know, it's easy to be, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was. Spend. I wish my daughters were here right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, well, that, and so that's where I'm creating the things I am now is to not just teach kids how to surf. I want to also guide them. Mentor them in other areas. And mentor them. You know, I've picked a handful of individuals I already mentor just because I believe their light needs to shine brighter, and I just want to help them do that. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so <laughs> that lesson taught me how to make decisions financially at that young age, you know, yeah. with the candy. And so I'm at a place where it's just like I only have what I need, and I don't spend more than that. And you just need food and water and a place over your head and good vibes. Yeah, good you know, boards. What, good uh, boards, great what was boards. your first picture in the bag? Do you remember? I don't. It's so funny. I should remember that. Like an ad or like I, a, It would have been Billabong. Quarter, you know, it like would have been Billabong for sure. Probably like a top turn of yeah. some sort. You, um, was, was um, obviously that wasn't like one of your things that you really focused on no did you try to get in surf videos at all or did you I didn't I was so focused on the athlete side of things and that was my main focus I remember when I was four was it 14 or 14 or 15 I went on the surfing mag boat trip and it was by far one of the best boat trips well it was the only boat trip I had ever been on still to this day (laughs) to the mentwise and it was like nine days with 
the most insane panel of women from Steph Gilmer to Coco to Silvana, Sally Fitzgibbons, wow. William Manuel. Best like, photographer, Killer Boat. Yeah. Everything dialed. Like, awesome vibes. And to this day, that was probably one of the sweetest women's boat trips I've ever had the opportunity to be on. How, and how old were you? I was in the 14 or 16 okay. year old range. Yeah. Yeah. It was around that time. And and you're talented, but then you're in great company. Yeah. And Sofia Milanovic was there as well. And to be surfing waves like that, I had never done that, you know? Now, here's a bunch of like type A women on one boat. Mm-hmm. Were you guys like. No, it was like the coolest camaraderie. I actually have some photos of like me and Sal because she and I would just surf all day long from sunup to sundown. Our ribs got so raw <laughs> that we literally leuco taped our each other's stomachs, and we would like put this leuco tape on. And the gnarly part was at the end of the day taking it off. Yeah. So we take it off like for taking, each other. Yeah, yeah like yeah, it was off. the worst. Yeah. But we we were just loving it, and we were surfing. Yeah all these all-time waves and you don't get that opportunity every day so you just maximize it to its fullest you know you're surfing macaroni is just getting barreled for eight hours like guys are so much different there's there's such jerks to each other (laughs) really (laughs) right like i don't know i I guess yeah i mean totally guys and girls are way different but yeah yeah we drew on our photographer's face with sharpie that was funny yeah (laughs) poor jimmy I mean, guys, guys are just like one uppers. Yeah, that's what I was, you know, because yeah. like, when you have that much talent, and I'm not saying any anybody had egos, but like when you're good, you kind of have an ego sometimes, right? And not sure. everyone is like <clears throat> courting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's people that way more, you know, aggro, way oh, more yeah. bravado, way more. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, over- just um, I call it peacocking. Peacocking, yeah. Just like show those feathers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get that in a lineup. I can read a yeah. When you're in a lineup, you paddle out. You can feel who's like having a day. Yeah. You know, because like <laughs> that that is the who's who of of women surfing. Yeah, right there. I think it'd be sweet to do like a reunion trip of that same crew. Yeah, like where we're all on idea. fun boards. I mean, you know, and I don't want to jump forward to anything, but there's two waves that. Well, there's. Two waves from you that I remember, right? Yeah. Like one wave that is like one of the best ridden waves I've ever seen, and it's not you, Stephanie Gilmore. Mm-hmm. We talk about this all the time. The barrel to close out. Karamas. Ten, she got a Karamas. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. sick. But okay, just you, Courtney, insane. Little Tiger, the way that at Margaret, mm-hmm. is it Margaret that you won yeah. a couple times? Yeah. Bells. 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 And Bells. Yeah. Both. But the the one wave that is it's so crazy the that your style and your uh the way that you, you massive bells? No, no, no. 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 Oddly enough is the way you pull in backhand at Kelly's wave pool. Oh, the soul arch bottom turn. Fuck! That, yeah, Jerry Lopez inspired. Do you know what I'm talking about? I haven't seen it. Bro. Or maybe have, but it's probably I will find that, but... Yeah, they, 
They didn't know how to score that, though. (laughs) It was crazy because that was... That wave was actually a very defining moment of getting through that round with the way they structured the heats. And I was like, you know what? I want to do something that's different than what they've seen and show how calm I am and relax and free and do something that's very traditional and something that's very untraditional. Yeah. And so I was trying to have more soul in my surfing for those events and more like what was deep inside that I wanted to showcase, you know? Yeah. Not that classic like prep for the barrel. It was like crazy far out bomb turned super straight leg. I look at that, I'm like, wow, I was really feeling it there. Like, yeah. I was enjoying every ounce of that wave. Well, how do you stand you out s- when it's so monotonous and, like, yeah. kind of, you know, like boring. you said, traditional boring? Yeah. yeah. So, sorry. Yeah. But and, and like, watching... for me, at the wave pool, it's fun, but it's very repetitive. Well, we, yeah. We talk about it. It's amazing. It shouldn't be on the world circuit. It, it should be, at like, an exhibition. Yeah. yeah. Like, a fun event. Yeah. Where you have... Like really bring, cool. bring in the kids and do something a little bit more community yeah. and yeah. youth driven and but that soul arch into the barrel and you come out of it you're just like fuck that was insane like <laughs> that you would you would never have would have imagined that not to be macho or anything that a girl did it so fucking stylishly and just slipped in there and then you know what i mean yeah in in a in a fake wave yeah you know? like what you did was you you for me you know you like soul arched into the barrel at a fake wave pool that made it like fucking cool amazing to watch yeah you know what i mean yeah because you watch it all day long you're like Ugh. bottom turn hit the lip you aerial. could literally put money on what you would know what's coming next and what i've always tried to have in my surfing is that spontaneous spontaneous with my evolution surfing and i started feeling like i was starting to bend towards the judges the past couple years a bit more and try to make do what they wanted and that was probably one of the worst things i could have done you know um as an athlete you never try to please them you just work on yourself you know um because it takes that evolution out of your own surfing a little bit you know um but yeah i learned so much at that pool on just trying to show creativity more which was well really fun that's we've heard we've heard that you probably spent more time than anybody else at the way pool. Way pool besides <laughs> coast there. I think accidentally that happened. <laughs> it was funny how it, it all came about because Tim actually got some of the benefits of it uh-huh. and it was the sweetest thing ever and I wouldn't have wanted anyone else to spend that time with, yeah. you know, in that moment because he's Super done grown. so much for me. And how that came about is when the surf ranch first got put on the schedule they gave athletes a few training sessions and you would have a group of six to eight people and all the guys backed out because it was too cold and carissa and i showed up carissa brought her dad and i had brought tim (laughs) 
because I wanted Tim to maybe catch a wave or two and, and, and see you know, the equipment. Hand. Yeah, work on yeah. equipment. And, and be there. And I just wanted to do a road trip with my shaper because he's pretty much family. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're at a state where he's not just my shaper, he's family. And yeah. um, so I brought him up there and no one else showed up and we were in our five mils. It gets fucking like, cold. Hoodie. Yeah. We were there. And Booties. And I like, tried not wearing my gloves. And I ended up having to hop off the ski really briefly and get gloves on. Because my hands felt like they were going to fall off and break nice. in half. They were so cold. Because you, you'd be on the ski flying as someone else is surfing. And yeah. it's like 32 degrees outside. Yeah, it's icy. Yeah, icy. it was so cold in the waters and the high 40s, I yeah. think. Fuck it. It was cold. cold. Yeah. Yeah, it was But you're just so like, I don't know, you're just so psyched that you kind of like, you'll deal with it. You're like, okay, I'm only in the pool for an hour or or 50 minutes or whatever the the session is. And you're like, the jacuzzi, the jacuzzi, the jacuzzi, you know, you got all these other things. And was it, was it Ross that was, I forget who said like Carissa and somebody else and her dad. But they had it for like two or three days by themselves. Was Were you part of that? I was probably a part of that. Yeah. I think Ross would have been there. Yeah, I ended up surfing and just having the best time because <laughs> Riss got that. surfed out. And I was like, I had been snowboarding that whole off season. And so the high altitude mixed with the long runs on my legs, I was fresh. You had stamina. I could just yeah. keep going back yeah. and forth. I'm like... The air, sea the air. level, <laughs> yeah, yeah. One minute ride, you know, run One, snowboarding yeah, or way longer. So, um, prepared you for that. It did, yeah, it did. So I was on the ski just, and then I, I was at a point where I was like, Tim, I want to see you just get drained and barreled all the way through. Yeah. So <laughs> we got Tim out there, and it's nerve wracking when you hear waves launched and yeah. you hear it. And you're like, CT2. I hope I, yeah. In 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And you hear it, there it goes. There and you goes. hear the machine. Yeah. And it's, you're like, right I hope I don't right miss it. Freaking nosedive taken off. He's missed, yeah. Like, I, I miss some. Yeah, it, it's really easy to do out there. And it's like, yeah. you think, you overthink it, you yeah. know, a bit when you're getting into it. You're like, oh my gosh, am I in the right spot? And then you have Ramana go, yeah, you, right there, right there. <laughs> like, I love you, Ramana. parking right there. Yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> here comes the fast, speed up, speed up, yeah. don't slow down, you know? And yeah. you're just like, oh shit. In my mind, I'm like, shut up, dude. I don't know how to stall. I don't know how to tube ride. Just leave me alone. <laughs> you're like, I just want to get to the end. Yeah, definitely <laughs> one of the most stressful, like, surfs ever like and it should it shouldn't be that way either but it's just like Uh, just because it's every couple minutes and there's one wave yeah you're like i don't want to miss this you know we've been fortunate and have gotten to surf it not a lot but enough yeah i went i went twice thanks to kelly swanson at uh on On the the beach. beach yeah he has a surf days and he, he, he invited us up and yeah hooked us up. yeah it was insane yeah but we went one time in the winter in the dead of winter and it was it's fucking freezing. cold and we went one time in the summer and it was yeah. warm but the first trip i kind of only only went left like once maybe i only got you know because it's kind of luck of the draws kind yeah, of cherry yeah, picking yeah first wave i didn't make the inside barrel i only got like at the half wave but i'm like on the left or the right on the right i was like yeah. whoa and I didn't make it, and I was like, 
it was perfect. How did I make it? Because, you know, there's... It pulls you back, though. And then the next one, I kind of outran it a little bit. I wasn't super deep. And then after that, I'm like, okay, I I got the tempo. It's too deep, not enough. And then the rest were great. But the second trip, I got mostly less because the way it just worked out. Yeah. And left's really hard. Backside's really hard, you know, compared to going front side. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you're goofy or regular, backside at that wave's difficult. Yeah. It's very different. And I, you know, I don't know. And I was you way more confident. I was way more confident because really it was second time. I wasn't so stressed, and I was a little loose. But this guy is like, he just trims. Yeah. And I was Why like, he turns, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're I, like solar tie line. And and like, I wish I could solar tie line like you did. <laughs> I'm like but, trying to do like 50-50 like lip slides and blow tails, yeah. and <laughs> I'm like videoing him, you know, and he's like trying to. Man turn every single turn. I'm like, dude, and then he falls. Yeah, like, it happens. Yeah. You get caught. Just you get caught just in right the there, and then it's like there it goes. I'm like, but whatever, no regrets. So I remember my first time out there was the funniest thing ever because I had just got off surfing massive cloud break, like pretty big cloud break, and I got to the pool and I was like, ooh, pool, it's going to be light and fluffy and playful, and I was like, CT. I think it was CT1 or t- it might have been CT1 because it was for the Future Classic. It was before events were there. They had invited a few crew. That's like all the barrel the whole wave. It was the whole Start wave. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember I was in the barrel and I was like, yeah, just on the foam ball. And then all of a sudden in the middle part, just wham, just hit the water so hard. Full wind knocked out of me. And I was just like... <gasps> And I couldn't get air in my lungs. It was gnarly. I was on the side of the pool, like, and <laughs> I see Ramon. I was like, you're good. I'm like, <laughs> he's like, you have two minutes. I'm like, oh, jeez. I got the wind knocked out of me. I had never, ever had that happen. I got, it was proper. I got stitches. I got pinched in a wave. The nose hits my eye. Had to get stitches. Had, I missed a session. But I went back surfing and surfed two more sessions. Yeah. And then the following week, I got to go again, but paid that. The only time I ever paid was one time. And got stitches the one week. And then the next weekend, we, we went on a birthday trip. Yeah. And I pulled in backside and went up and over the falls, landed the side of my face in between my fins. Ooh. Like, luckily, didn't, like, lacerate. Yeah. It Almost didn't, broke my jaw. It didn't cut. It didn't cut. It had, like, a hairline little slice, but it wasn't It wasn't bad yeah. at all. But I felt like I broke my jaw. And yeah. Then, yeah, that place is no joke. You can get... It packs a punch. It packs a punch. So shallow. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's really shallow. If you knew, like, the middle section, how shallow it was, you'd be like, oh, it's like surfing over a crazy reef, you know? concrete. Big pass or yeah. something. Yeah. But it's so good. But it's it is so, so, yeah. so sick. <laughs> so, I love that barrel. It's like restaurants. Yeah. So, so going yeah. back to 2009, that was your breakout year. That's when you qualified for the tour. Uh, 2010 was qualification year. Okay. So 2009, what I did was help set up my ranking. So then I could go to these six stars and get on tour. And so 2010, I did like a handful of events. But I did really well at them. I won most of them. And so it ended up getting me on tour. And so 2011 was my first year on tour. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah, because there's a gap of yeah qualifying, waiting for the season to restart, and then yeah. yeah. And what was the uh, format in 2012? Was it how many women? Uh, just top five. Just top five make it. Yeah. And the and then and then how many were on 18? What was the 22? Yeah, same. 22 or uh, it's 18? still 18. 18. Yeah, it's yeah. been 18 since gosh before I was on tour. So it's so wild, like five rotations. Yeah. That's it. Per yeah. Year, yeah. You know. So yeah. It's your crazy. nuts. 2010, you you kill it and you qualify for WCT. Yep. When you find out, like it's like you know when you watch the um, the draft. Yeah. And, and you, those guys find out, and they're like, Fuck. They're psyched, yeah, yeah. So was that your... I mean, it was an email <laughs> from ASP, like, congrats, you qualified for the tour. Yeah. Um, and I remember it was, like, I think around a week before I graduated from high school. And I was on the fence. Do I do college? And how am I going to navigate this? You wow. know, I had another fork in the road. I'm like, okay... Uh, am I going to go to a college or am I going to pursue tour full time? And tour, I mean, the prize purse back then wasn't crazy, you know. Yeah. If you're sponsorship bonuses for making the tour or like increases. There were uh, there's definitely increases, but not yeah. much, yeah. you know. Um, tour was really expensive, you know. I'd say the first two years I was in the red most of the time, which was yeah. gnarly. Um. Because I was getting like nights and I was learning all the different locations like Bells. I hadn't really surfed a point break hmm. like Bells ever in my life. You know, you might have Rincon here or something, but still, Bells is a very a different wave, beast. Yeah. Big open I'd ocean say like, that wave yeah. taught me linking the speed, power, and flow with my strength. You know, because I was always kind of known as... A powerful beach break surfer yeah. was what I came up as, you know, surfing massive closeouts, hitting the big end section. And so I had to learn flow at that wave and mm. how to read that wave. And there's yeah, little nuances. Yeah, it's a very tricky wave when it you is. like the way it pops up, flattens down, swings wide. And the tides and crazy you know, tides there. Huh? I spent hours there. You yeah, know, but... you, you would have it where half your heat would be at the bowl and then the tide would shift in your heat and it'd move all the way up to Rincon, you know? And I, I, I don't... I say I don't like to pry, but I do like to pry. Yeah. Your contracts were lucrative, though, right? You had major sponsors. They were good. I know, like, individuals on the guy's side, they were making, like, five times as much as I was, mm. you know? But that was, that was the state of the sport, you know, yeah. and the industry. And... It's always something, you know, I was always like I would because I wasn't spending a ton on like once I was fortunately able to get through stuff. But yeah. I mean, if you and at the break time, everything down, I wasn't making a huge a lot of money. It would well, pay for my travel. Still it's expensive right? to travel. Tra traveling's like very expensive, yeah. you know, especially it's like as a surfer. Grand probably to be on tour. It right? is. Like I calculated, it, it's around a hundred, a hundred and twenty thousand a year. Yeah, and that's cooking at your home. You know, yeah, yeah. we didn't have Airbnb at the start, but we'd find apartments and stuff, and we would make decisions. I flew economy all the time. I call it sardine class because you're like that. You know, I never really got business till 
my last probably four years on tour, but those were just because of points. Yeah, yeah. You know. You're like getting But you're up. always yeah. playing with the boards, you know, board yeah. fees and switching airlines, so trying to accumulate points while you're on... Yeah, you're, you're, you're trying to find the airlines that didn't charge for boards. And they would change. Like, Qantas yeah. at one point was so bad with boards, and then they went free. got a lot better. And via Australia was what I did for Australia, because I spent, like, more time in Oz than I did at home my first, like, seven years on tour. Wow. I spent three, four months there. And then so, traveling partners, did you travel with the other uh, rookies? or me just me and my mom. Just, like, yeah, we tight. tackled the tour together. I, we would partner up with other uh, daughters like Felicity and her dad. We traveled with them a bit on the QS cool. and some of the tour events. And it helps a bit, yeah. but not a lot. You yeah. know. So your first board sponsor was Bushman, right? Yeah. And it's kind of crazy because like we, you know, we, we've seen it happen with all, all athletes, all surfers. They, they start with like their first shaper and, you know, when you're, when you're a professional surfer, you, you have to do in your best interest, you have to get different boards and ride for other people. Right. Yeah. We see it time and time again. It's sad. Because, you know, like some of the local guys, our local shapers, they, they, yeah. they help cultivate the talent. Yeah. But they, you know, and, and honestly, like, it's a lot of mental confidence, too. When, when, you, when somebody like Channel Islands or Mayhem or Sharp Eye or JS, whoever, right? Like, those are such big brands, and yeah, the 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 names and surfers on those brands, you're like fuck. I gotta try that, right? Yeah, you know, like you're. It's almost like you 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 you're shortchanging yourself if you don't get off that particular shaper and expand your horizon, right? So sometimes, from, for sometimes, sure. yeah. It depends. You so, know, I think it's tailored to the athlete. You know, you have some athletes that evolved with their shaper but there's definitely some shapers they have their limits you know mm-hmm. and bushy and i we had a conversation when i actually before i got on tour he was the one that told me courtney you need to find a shaper that could fulfill what you need for the tour wow and i was like but you've been my shaper my whole life like uh, I know your boards kind of deal. Are you breaking up with me? It was like this it whole thing. It was, well, sure. it is. It's like, it was a moment where I was like, oh, what do I do? And so my first year on tour, I was actually still in Bushies. I had four four boards I traveled everywhere with. And and then I think I had a 6.5 just for Margaret's for that QS. And, and you won the US Open on a Bushman. Yeah, a yeah. 6.0. And the world juniors or on a bushy yeah Yeah. and qualified on bushies and so first year on tour snapper rocks was the first event and that event learned so much about just being on tour and as i went through the whole season i had so many different events i had to learn new techniques create new tools learn from my equipment what was holding me back and then the second year, I remember I had a few stamps, had a few bushies, 
how I met, met Tim Stamps was actually at Huntington. I was rinsing off and I saw my third grade math science teacher, Mr. Bayo. And I was telling him some of the stuff because I knew he was a surfer. I was like, yeah, I'm trying to find a shaper that can work with me with the tour. I need different equipment. I want to level up. And he, he's like, well, let me give you this guy Tim Stamps info. He's a really great shaper. He's out Westminster Zone, Seal Beach. And I was like, okay, sounds good. And so I called Tim. And I called Tim, and uh, he ended up <laughs> saying, Make yeah. some boards? He was like, bring a couple of your boards in. And I brought all these, like, 6.0s, 6.2s, 6.5s. And he's like, first thing, I'll, I'll shape exactly what you're on right now. But I also want to experiment with some boards that are a few inches smaller. And so I ended up getting a few 6.0s from him that were off of the bushy templates. And then some, I call them the wildcard boards. We ended up creating this thing where every venue, we would have a concept and create a board for that venue mm. off of what we learned the previous year and see if it worked the next time. So he gave me this wildcard board, like two or three of them, squash tail, swallowtail, but a little shorter. They're five elevens and a five nine and started messing around with those dimensions and then went from there and learned so much. Did, did you have instant success getting off? With the shorter boards, it took a while with the shorter boards because I was so used to having a long rail line that I drew out. Yeah. Uh, so I had to change the fins a bit, um, but his boards felt really good. Like I was able to go tight in the pocket. They did everything I needed to. Yeah. And that, were you second like, year on tour was I'm sorry to no it's all good were you like when you first got on those boards because you know the doubt there's doubt right because you're so comfortable and you there's the unknown for sure and you've written you know you've won the biggest contests in your life on a Bushman right yeah you, you know what I'm trying to say here it's like it's well, such no a expectation big, you're, you're, com you're comfortable with what you know and what you've yeah. written you know and you're kind of but taking a gamble. You're taking a gamble. Yeah. And like, if that board doesn't work yeah. on the first session, that totally kind of clouds your mind and taints that. A board, little bit, for right? sure. It could, definitely. But I think because my dad would literally have me on so much different equipment, like, he would push me with my equipment. Yeah. And he would so have you're me okay ride. Testing and I was okay so with like, well, fine. You were riding boards without fins. Experimenting. So. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I love experimenting. I think that's where I was able to evolve quite a bit with my equipment. Yeah. And um, there's things where I was like, oh, I, this is my comfort zone. I'll play with that. But I, I always, Dad would give me his board and tell me to go get a score on it. Yeah. Like. You just find out how to unleash the board, you know. Yeah. The board's capable of doing it. It's whether you have the power or the finesse to find where that sweet spot is yeah. on that particular board. I, I would like to try different shapers over the years. Of course, you had sponsors throughout, but it would be like, here's my dimensions. Here's the way, you know, yeah. whether it's for Huntington or somewhere else. Yeah. You know, this is what I'm looking for, and here's my dimensions. Yeah. And then... I wouldn't even show them what I'm writing until I got like a, a board or two because I didn't want to influence 
too much. Yeah. Like copy this. Here's the. Can you just make ten of these? Perfect. No. Yeah. Just give me what you think. Yeah. You know, I want your shape. This is the dimensions. I yeah. Like. And then you cross. You you get that out of the way and yeah. be like, okay, you know, and then you'd start kind of working backwards and refining based on okay, now here's because I don't want to yeah. you know influence. Yeah. Too What's much? awesome with Tim though is like I feel like he's very open to collaboration. Yeah. And I think because of my understanding of my equipment was under my feet, I could really dialogue with him what I was really feeling. Yeah. And wasn't Which just is like super oh, important. I just not like, everybody could do that you either. Know? You know. And, and honestly, like what what I was getting to too, because you're coming off a world renowned shaper, right? Yeah. Like, that specialized mainly in Hawaii and style. And power surf. Yeah, and power surf. Yeah. And and I'm not saying Tim's a no-name guy, but he's... <laughs> I know. I feel like he runs SoCal now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just and, saying. And, and that back... guy's got the R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's I mean, a lot that's, of stamps out there. He's the OG. <laughs> yeah. But, but going back to that, right? Like, when you look at the world tour... You see Channel Islands. You Sharp see Eye. Sharp Eye. You see Mayhem. You see Pizel. JS. Like JS. All these other big name brands with big name surfers. You went the the other route with it, mm-hmm. and it worked out in it your did. favor. It did for but, sure. But you know, what I'm I saying? I tried Merrick's. You know, I wasn't a fan of how they felt under my feet personally. Yeah, but I, that's. I think every shaper has their athlete. And it's just like me, I love the opportunity to work with Tim so one-on-one. I mean, I would just go in there and hang in his blue room, you know, just talking. And the relationship we created over the years was phenomenal. And the way we developed equipment, too, is insane. There's the second U.S. Open win that I got. I remember I was coming off of an injury. And I had kind of purged a lot of my equipment because I wanted to start fresh. It usually happens when I came out of an injury. I'm like, I want new. I want to just come in with a new surge, you know, evolve and level up. And you were writing stamps then? Always, yeah. After the second year, I was writing stamps. There was one year I experimented with JS a bit uh, because of a coach wanting me to try them out. And then I was just like, I spoke to stamps prior to that. We were on a in a great spot and then they when I stopped working with the coach I was like I want stamps yeah like those the boards just weren't working for me you know and I just like how I could sit there with him and literally like this is what I need I want to try this out and then I I'd be like hey Tim I'd love for you to just shape something different just do whatever's on your mind a, a concept that's new you know, and he and I shaped this crazy one. Well, he shaped it, but it was an idea of mine for Honolulu because we'd always have these fun wild card boards at every spot where it would be like a vision I had creating it, see if it'd work. Huh. And that's where the habanero template actually came about was coming off this injury. I didn't have a groveler at that time. And I was like, Tim, the I, I need this board and three days it was two or three days he had it done in 24 hours i surfed it once before i ended up winning the event on it so habanero was that board yep the wow. five eight which contest was it it was us open oh shit. yeah so i 
because I hadn't been competing and I was, I'm, yeah, it was my broken foot. I was coming off that injury and I was, I had to come back before I was really 100% because I saw someone else got injured and they would probably get the wild card over me. So mm. I was like, I need to come back now or else I'm off tour. And so my first event was in Bali and I remember being at Karamas and my, I surfed two heats it hurt so bad and my foot was just swollen I couldn't surf for like four days or a load on it and I went to South Africa things were getting better and then US Open I was just like I had a conversation with my brother and then ended up digging really deep calling Tim and just going Tim I need this he made it happen and then 24 hours later, I was on this new board and inching my way to my second win of US Open. <laughs> so crazy. It was wild. Like, that journey was coming off of that foot, broken foot was crazy. How'd you break it? Uh, it was a stress fracture, and then it snapped just on, while I was running. I pivoted off it and went, bam, at snapper. You surfing, you were running? Yeah, I think it happened while I was surfing. Mm. The board hit it, oh, shit. and it was already a bit injured, I think. And then I was doing a runaround at Snapper, and it was a week before my season started. And I was feeling that was the one season I was actually – you go into seasons kind of knowing when you have momentum. Yeah. You and I had I had a freight train of momentum in my direction <sighs> Yeah. that year. And I came back, and I think I won two or three events off of the injury that year and got a second and a third. So I came back with five events and I was, yeah. It's so crazy when like, could be an injury or something traumatic <clears throat> in your life or where just like easily just throw you in a whirlwind and, and you know, whether it's surfing or other sports, you, you hear people going through traumatic, you know, personal situations mm -hmm. and most often injuries and yeah, they just, I don't know, they dig down deep, they come out, and then they end up come doing this the most, yeah, they, you know, just, like, yeah. how, how did that happen, you know, yeah. whether you're not 100% or, you know, you look yeah. at Mick Fanning on what he's accomplished in, like, crazy, you know, losing, yeah. you know, brothers and, and moms and, and, and digging deep, and you're just like, you know, don't really know it at the time, and then you hear, and you're like, wow, that guy's yeah. fucking Usually gnarly. the storms create the grittiest people that yeah. find ways to make it happen yeah. you know and like yeah. I feel like injuries I had this one amazing uh, mentor for a small period of time and I, I remember when I tore my ankle it was my first big injury at Bell's and I was just like initially I was like why me why now yeah <laughs> I'm like at Bell's because I had this momentum I thought it was going to be my first Bell win like I just felt it I was like Everything was in the flow state. Ended up hurting myself, getting super barreled at a spot called Cylinders. And try to surf the next day on this ankle injury, which was gnarly because I had a heat against Malia that next morning. And I, I sent my team manager at Billabong Hef, Chris Hefner, a photo of me just getting drained, like, should have been here. Meanwhile, I had this swollen ankle I had to walk up these stairs and mom and I we were just looking at this going she's like all right let's 
she was pretty much playing doctor that whole evening. And then... See if we wrap it, tape it, secure it, Figure it out. And, and the next doable. day, I, I couldn't even put pressure on it. But I was just like, I put my black combat boots on, which hurt getting my ankle into. I was like, unlaced the whole thing, shoved my foot in there and just fastened it as hard as I could to pretty much put in a cast and walk down to the comp. I walked down to Bell's and had spoke to this lady and she's like, all right, I'll bring the doctor here. Maybe we'll give you a cortisone shot. And uh, so I get down there and they're testing and they're like, we want to see you do a pop-up. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, Fuck, this is going to hurt. And he's like, I, I, if it's what I think it is, you could tear everything and then you're going to be out all year. Yeah. And I was like, all right. So I tried popping up. Took me like 15 attempts to get to my feet wow. and i'm like i could do it i'm like just strap me up so they put all this tape on my ankle and i was first here that morning so we were dealing with this at like five in the morning Ugh. and he's like well the ultimate test is you go out there to catch a wave before the comp starts i was like fine <laughs> so i have my foot like pretty much my ankle casted pretty much with yeah. Luco. get my board Walking down the stairs, Which the pain. Which is a crazy journey. Just to yeah, the yeah, just getting to the beach at Bell's is a workout, you know. And I walked down the Bell's steps, and I, <laughs> the pain was so bad, but I was just like, no, I'm getting out there. I remember paddling past everyone in Medina. I looked at Medina, and I went to my spot, picked the next set wave. So gnarly when I think about it, but I was just like, Pick the next set wave, and I remember bomb turning. I could feel my foot separating from like bone. Yeah, the the, the just, ankle just uh, like, uh, and it was so painful. And it was the most beautiful wave. I was just like, I can't even surf you right now. And I did like this carve down, and then I went straight in, walked over the rocks, and so it's just. I, I knew what I had to do, and I didn't want to do it, and it sucked. Throwing but because of. You, I, you'd be out all year, like, yeah. you know? Yeah, and so... Was this your first major injury? Huge, yeah. So, like... This... I missed, I think, yeah, four events from this one. Yeah. And so, there was this little girl on the beach, and she she's like, I came down here just to watch you surf oh. this morning. And she had me sign it, I it, it pulled on my arts ring. I was just like, wanting to just ball my eyes out. I'm like, <sighs> no, head up strong. I'm like, you suck it up. No crying right now. Yeah. Like, hold strong. Keep your power. I walk up the steps. I'm just in excruciating pain at this point. Still feeling it. But I'm, and then I look at Malia. I'm like, well, you won. I'm like, congrats. You're getting a walkthrough. Oh. And then I went to the locker. And I'm just like, everything's just throbbing in my ankle. And the adrenaline hit from just the whole morning. And I was just, and then they want to interview me right away. And I was like, I need to go for a walk. So I like went for a walk, like hid in one of the spectator scaffolds for a bit to just process everything that just happened. Yeah, you got to like, I mean, you're thinking, your mind's, me, million things are going on. So many Sponsorships, things. Sponsorships, so, requalifying, well, tour, how many everything. events, what's going to be, you Contracts know. Contracts are up. Every, and like, yeah first big moment you know and it's just like and what, what? you feel the momentum's in your corner and then all of a sudden it's just ripped out and then you're getting an interview by rosie i love rosie yeah and she was very gentle with the questions 
and it was awesome to have it with her like a friend you know because yeah I was I was me obviously wearing sunglasses at the moment because I didn't want you know my eyes have been welling up and so I did the interview and then Medina I was at my locker like still feeling it obviously you feel it for days from a moment like that and Medina came up and he's like you know you never know why things like this happen for you to you and he's like you just gotta realize that it happens for a reason it's going to just make you stronger and you just got to be open oh, to yeah. it yeah that's awesome so um, i mean it just takes a few words like that to change yeah. your perspective yeah and it was just that and then this mentor said to me you know you could think of anything happening as a burden or opportunity and yeah. you always get to decide which one you pick so I always give myself the decision, but obviously I want to pick the opportunity one. But I give my con- my subconscious the yeah. choice every time. I think it's just taking a step back and, and thinking it through instead of just going off emotions. I mean, you're because that's all it is at the time, you know? Like there's just so much emotion. It's emotion, right? timeline, Okay, let's just think this through. You start hearing how many other people have been hurt and, how, and they've come out of it. You know, it's like, it's hard to rationalize because you're just, you think your world's over, you know, like all of us, but it's, it's crazy to think how you're so calm about things, you know, like when you're a fiery competitor, because you're a fiery competitor. Yeah. And, but the way you analyze and process things, like in my mind right now, I'm thinking you're a bigger man than I am. Because <laughs> I would be fucking crying and pissed off. Literally, you're, you're like, bigger than yeah. He is. <laughs> <laughs> Little Tommy. To, that's not cool. <laughs> that's not cool. We're cutting that. He likes that But but nah. seriously, like wow, like yeah. you are. You're you're successful for a reason, and that's what we're hearing it right now. You know what I mean? Like that's pretty. Yeah. In my mind, like. You know, you stayed well, strong you. for the girl that you were signing your autograph for to not show your, you know, weakness and and have her remember you in a positive light. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that's those are game changing things. Well, it's a moment for her, you know, yeah. and like I was that little girl and it tore me to bits not being able to inspire her through my surfing that day like it all that hit me at that moment yeah i was like i can't perform and to not be able to do that for me being me was like a pretty breaking moment a spot my mom and i put hours yeah at you know yeah that's that's the hard thing that's when your mind starts running through and you're like like, you've and you're, you're like, you're shoulda, this... coulda, wouldas, and yeah. those things never yeah. are yeah. valuable. <laughs> like, yeah. and things why, happen. Why me? Why me? Why yeah. me? And uh, why, what, you know, why it will kill you. Yeah. yeah. It'll drain the life out yeah. of you. Why? My mom and I, when I was younger, when I was going through a high school, if the waves were really bad or she could see I was kind of run down from all this studying and stuff, she'd be like, you know what, let's do a mom and daughter breakfast. And yeah. it would usually be on Tuesdays. We go to Norms or Coco's and Panera and just sit down and have a coffee and breakfast together. And we yeah, would break talk. Up the, the we would schedule. talk, you yeah. know. But during those talks, she gave me tools 
and you realize down the line we would create these quotes you know and one of them was you can't change the winds but you can direct your sails and <laughs> that's all these gold you know nuggets and of, it's uh, just like that one thing and it's just like you know things happen in life yeah. it's inevitable you have struggles you have opportunities and whether you take them it's one thing or another you know and you know life is always going to have its aspect of struggle and it's how you handle those struggles and how you grow from them you know and I think mom and that breakfast was sharing that with me and shining a light on it you know you can have a problem create more problems or you could create a solution well and, and being real like as far as you know life's hard yeah shit happens you know yeah. and it's you might be on a good run but eventually you're going to hit bottom and you're going to have you're going to have these peaks and valleys and it's how do you negotiate and navigate, navigate through that because all. you know it might be you know hey it's the first injury you know is that first you know losing yeah. a big event you know like it doesn't you know whatever it is yeah you know you're going to get to that spot where it's dark and it sucks and it's like you know Oh, and you it's heard, be... I almost blacked out because of the pain from the ankle. Yeah. Like, I didn't have crutches yet. And, and you know, <laughs> it's, it's you have lot. these goals and you have this, you, you have... Deadline that you put you, on yourself, you, have you know, a timeline. Yeah. And like, now that's just... Now, that, now there is no goal right now, except, you know, maybe... Heal. Heal. Recuperate. And I don't know yeah. how long that's going to be. Yeah. And, and very unknown. Like, yeah. ligaments. I had never... I had hurt my ankles a lot, and this was the interesting part during track i had always rolled my ankles i knew i had weak ankles yeah and i would ask individuals how to strengthen them and they wouldn't really have they didn't have guidance and so i always had these wobbly ankles from just rolling them running and pothole tracks you know doing drills and you tape it up put some i have some ibuprofen move on (laughs) suck up the pain (laughs) and go you know old injuries you know kind of and they snowballed and then yeah. it was a weak spot it happened and then i ended up it ended up being being like a strong aspect where i was like okay i need to learn how to prevent injuries mm. it's gym trains not just about training it's about prevention yeah and how to prevent you from having time out of the water which you Especially don't really get that, that like prevention, like guidance at a young age. No. It's always like, you know, get you know, performance, get stronger. Yeah. When you know. heats, you yeah. know, and there wasn't a lot of that PT stuff in surfing. Like I, I was always the one skipping rope. I used to yeah. get laughed at for stretching before a heat and then it's a say, you yeah, know, so but I would do it. What do you need yeah. to stretch I would for? do it. I'd stretch. I do yeah. some warm up stuff and it was like funny back and now it's like very normal sally and i i'd say mick as well but sal me and sal because of our track and cross-country background had that warm-up process and so we brought that to the tour when we got on tour from our rookie year you know i would skip rope that was like my warm-up did you get along with everybody i did you know i who's your rival i'd say Rival, my Anybody favorite in the person, in the heat? everyone, yeah, <laughs> I did, my favorite heats though were against Steph and Riss, like I always loved to heat against them, and Sally too, Yeah, but Sal, so my second year on tour, I was actually, I told my mom, because some stuff had happened at Bell's, actually I got sick there, 
Bells taught me a lot. I create a book just on bells. Really? For sure. Like what it so taught me about like, moments, moments and, yeah. like pivotal moments where you could decide to do something or you, you make your decisions and it helps you grow as a person. And so it's kind of a trip you you're saying that about a wave, a stop on tour. Yeah. That isn't the best wave. No. Not not at all. Like No. It has its moments, but it's a tough wave. Like But it it it's a a spot where you really have to There's like, a lot of history and spiritual stuff there in that area is just there's a lot of energy in that place. Yeah. And a lot of history. Yeah. Surfing history yeah. too. And so I had surfed for like five, six hours and cattle ran off, you know, and ended up getting sick at Bells. Cattle run off? Yeah, well, because it was raining so bad, all the cattle and kangaroo was running out the river mouth at Bells. And I was surfing Winky for like six hours because I'm a frother, you know, (laughs) and ended up getting sick from the water. Before uh, the event started or mid then? After I had lost that event, okay. story about that one, that same event, I, I had almost a perfect 10, no backup, and it went flat on me. Oh. And <laughs> In the final? No, it was against Coco, and she had like two mid-sixes, and I had almost a perfect score, and like, it no went backup. flat for 15 minutes, I'm holding prior. Oh. It was crazy. Learned in that heat, too. But I was out there free surfing, surfing it off. Dad and mom were on the beach. My dad actually came to this event. I ended up being sick that next morning, flying to New Zealand. Had to go to ER because I got so sick from whatever that runoff was. My glands were swollen. I couldn't even swallow. Wow. And it was so bad. And so I had to warm up for my heat. They put us on hold till 9 or 10. And mom, while I was surfing and learning this wave that morning, she she finds a doctor. They end up taking me to the ER because we got put on hold. Went was at the ceremony, left that, end up getting some shot, and Jesse had to give it the okay. And then I had never won a round one heat. I had always got second. Which put you in round two mm. with that old layout. And so she's like, when this heat, like, your life depends on it. My mom told me that. And I was like, and she's like, and then you can no sleep. And I ended up going out there winning that heat. And Having then a lay day and some time to recoup. I ended up sleeping for over 30 hours. Like, and she was doing interviews for me. Because, like, they wanted to interview stuff. And I was like, I can't even. I slept for, like, 30 hours straight. Ended up having to take these antibiotics, lost like nine pounds because I could barely eat just in a week. And then I go to DY, still hadn't won an event on tour yet. And I'm, I'm feeling broken, you know, I'm like, lost weight, was in ER, what am I doing here? I can't get past a quarterfinal. Yeah, and this isn't a... Maybe I don't belong. Like, maybe I'm not meant to go, go and be on tour. And this I'm is going a series of events in like a tight time Very frame, so tight. it's not like... You get a month off, go home, and repeat. No, like you're it's back like boom, back boom, back. boom. Yeah. And I'm like, Mom, if I don't want to uh, event on tour this year, I'm going back to college. Wow. I'm like, I'm going to pivot the career now. And so this I'm is your at, second year on tour? Yeah. 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 And so 
I ended up going to DUI, which at that time, Lane Beachley, the Beachley Classic, was the highest prize purse for a win. And I go out there, and I remember Mom and I had this Lieutenant Dan moment, Forrest Gump, <laughs> where it was friggin' cyclone, like howling wind, pelting bullet rain that made my eyes throb because it was so intense, the rain coming down. And I'm out there, and I'm the only one out there. And it's like six, eight-foot swell out at DUI, and I'm putting time in. I'm like, Mom, you could go. And she's like, no, I'm here for you. We're in this together. And she was just soaked, just such a trooper. And I was, like, out there just putting all this effort in. Ended up winning my first event there at right after all that stuff went down at DY and then I was like at I got cheered at the Beach League Classic yeah. and got cheered up by Sally and Steph and it was just like this moment where I felt like okay well maybe I'm, I'm meant I'm, to be here I'm meant to be here yeah. it was like shined a light right then and there like you're meant for this like well I think when you you get to that point and you're so low and you're like okay here comes the crossroad I want to be a world I want to be a surfer but you know, this is my backup plan. I think you get to that where you you, you have a backup plan because you should, and that's where it, yeah. you know that's where you. But it does it's not relevant, you know. And it's like you get to that point, and you're like, no way, like yeah, it's crazy. You, you say it like mom, you know. I think there's a little percent of you saying, I think I should go this, but it's not. Well, because like you know, we were going like, in the red, like my parents like, had to no refi their house a few times, take money to help me. Like things were, there's Building all up. this stuff build up, build up, build up, build up, and I, and then going to ER, and then not even being able to eat for like nine days while competing, really. And I would like try to. I was just having ice cream pretty much, and like. I barely ate that, you know, and mom tried to figure out what I could actually eat and there's almost nothing. So I get to DY after New Zealand, just broken, just ran down, no, lost all this weight, feeling just still healing. I'm just like, well, I'm not winning. I'm in going into debt. This is all happening. I was, I'm like, kind of going for broke. Is that the beginning of the season though? Or is it the end? This was like uh, event three. It was yeah. first leg. Okay. First leg was like boom, boom, So you boom. were getting your ass kicked at the beginning of the year. At the start and of the year. Like, and you're like almost. Yeah, I hadn't won like that round one. And I did at Taranaki for the first time, second year. And then, yeah, I was just like, I couldn't figure it out. I, I was just like doing all this learning, but it wasn't turning into results. So I'm yeah. like, something's obviously not working right yeah. now. Uh, you so, know? Uh, I'm sorry. So the first year on tour. I you, only got quarters. You got quarters. Yeah. But that's still fucking pretty good. I mean, come but on. But for me, like I was my whole, I was always like, I want to win. Yeah. So I had a huge expectation. If I wasn't winning a title, I was losing. Yeah. You know? So I, I was like, I want this yeah. more than anything. And I, I needed to prove myself, I think, was where I was coming from, too. You know, so it was just like I was I was putting all this effort in. Tire, yeah. But you're so just, young, like you're you're what, 17, 18, at 18. That time. first year yeah. on tour, you're yeah. 18. 
Yeah. That's pretty freaking young. Super and young. your talent speaks volumes, right? Yeah. And your attitude makes you makes your talent that much more potent because of your attitude, right? Yeah. But and then here you are on your second tour. You I mean, when when people that's there's not that very many professional surfers in this world. Right? No. Not that many professional surfers that are successful that are on the world tour. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like you're part of the zero point ten percent of 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 the world being yeah. able to to participate in these contests. And your first year in, you're hitting quarters, you're getting quarters. It's not good enough, right? Yeah. But still when you think back on that, you're like, fuck, I'm eighteen years old, I'm on this world tour. Yeah, yeah sure I haven't won a contest yet, but I'm I'm right there with everybody. In yeah, the, I was. In the point one zero percent of the, the I just remember population. like trying to get a seven five was like I had to surf my heart out at Snapper to even like break sevens, you know? And so I was like, I need to in order to become a world champ, I need to be at that level. So if I wasn't there, I was always like striking. How do I get there? How do yeah. I get there? And yeah. then what does it take to get a fucking score? <laughs> yeah. You know? like, like, what do I have to do? I yeah. feel like I'm doing what they're doing, but it's not getting the reward. So why? And then so it, you start going to the workshop and going, all right. And you start peeling these layers away. Where can I get more out here? You know, and then just the way that whole timeline happened in that second year, it definitely it, it had a moment where it kinked the armor, you know? Yeah. And then I was down, but then I decided to grit my teeth and go out there and put the time in. And then it, I broke through that dark spot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I that, figured that I had nothing to lose type attitude. Like, I yeah. can't get any worse than this. So, if I, yeah. you know, like, just yeah. so time and time again, you're getting just yeah. beat down. It's like, yeah. was that a CT event? Yeah. Okay. The yeah. Lane Beachley contest mm-hmm. was a CT event. Yeah, it was the highest woman's prize purse at that time. So it actually, I was like, and my first wild card that I received was actually my first priority heat too, was against Lane Beachley at Honolulu. So I thought for me, it was like this cool full circle. Yeah. The fact that I had my first priority heat against her at Honolulu Bay and like huge Honolulu. <laughs> and then... How goes that way? Oh, it's magical. It's my <laughs> one of my favorite waves in the world, for sure. That and Cloud Break. Yeah. yeah. And Chopes. Chopes is magical, too. Look at her. Yeah. Fucking big wave shit. Big barrel <laughs> shit. I just like, like big barrels. Tahiti, though, is like, if you, like, describe and create the most beautiful wave that is Chopes, I think. That yeah. left is so beautiful. Like, it's lethal, but it's gorgeous. <laughs> Yeah. The, the the mountain range in the back you're you're in the outer reef it's pristine it's 80 80 80 like it's just you could see this crazy reef and it goes down three thousand feet like yeah. right it goes to a blue abyss not black abyss because it's so blue. blue it just looks blue until there's it's like mesmerizing it it's is. fucking wild like how are the conditions at that contest the 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 one that you won the first contest your first ct you win it was what I trained for was like big conditions because that's what you had before the event. And then during the event, it was like medium size. 
Beach break. Yeah. Yeah. Classic beach break. I just drew off of my beach break knowledge and it paid off there. Yeah. And like every heat, I was just in a flow state, you know? And I, there's always those, that one heat when you get through, you like slimly get through it and then you're like, whoa, I got through it. And then you like gain momentum off of it. Yeah. And that happened in a moment in the quarters where I was I hadn't gone through that quarterfinal barrier, and then I got through it. I was like, the track's there. Run it. (laughs) You know, and don't look back. Don't try to see where your other competitors are. Just focus on that track. Yeah, Yeah, some of those earlier rounds, too, are kind of harder, you know, like, or more stressful. Yeah, you're you're kind of like, yeah, you get through that. There's always quarters. Okay, if I could get to quarters, you know, then, then the field narrows, and it's like, I don't know. You're a little bit more focused, you know, like it's just, and you have your momentum by that point too. Yeah. You know, get the finals day. Yeah. Get the finals day. Get the last day. Yeah. Yeah. That was fucking, yeah, that was kind of, I mean, I don't know. It was different when, you know, we had the bud tour, you know, it was televised, you know, the last day, quarter finals. Like I want to get to the finals. One is, you know, prize money, last day, best of the best, obviously, but I don't, you know, get that, you know, get a couple of clips on TV. Yeah. Because yeah. that was, you know, wasn't really, you know, normal cool. back then. Yeah. That, that was your first. To be broadcasted back then yeah. was a big Get deal. interviewed and be yeah. broadcast. There was no WSL, like, you no. know, thing Post-y back then. No, interview. No. Was that, was that uh, your first chair up, too? Mm-hmm. Well, not or, my first chair up. Your first US CT. World Tour chair yeah. up. Yeah. And to have, like, the two of them. Carissa and Stephanie. No, Steph and Sally. Steph and Sally, okay. Yeah. That's so the rad. two of them cheer me up was really special. It was just like, I don't know. It was it was a moment, a yeah. big moment for me. <laughs> Huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've recent wins. I mean, that bells are really big bells. Yeah. Was like, fuck. It was. <laughs> that was like, a six two too. I I, I think I at Tim and I'm like, you're six two held. Like, yeah. I surfed. That morning, I served uh, Tom Curran. He lent me a board, his Black Beauty, that morning. I went warmed up on it. And it was like a 6-7, I think, or a 6-5. And he's like, oh, you could just sticker it up. And I was like, all right, I'll try it out. And I wrote it. I was like, it feels, it's fun. Yeah. But it wasn't nah. going to unleash what I needed to in yeah. that day. Because I know can do big exactly cars, but you can't. You, you know, you yeah. couldn't lay up, do a layback jam if you needed to, or yeah. do some like lip line. It was fun, but I I took it and put it in the locker. I'm like, this is the board I need to win, and I just changed the fin setup a bit to give it more hold. And I was like, it'll it'll be good. Yeah, and that you know, you know, there's so, so much. Was it, was there jet ski assist that day or paddle? Probably, uh, right? There was ski assist yeah, that day. For if you're, the first few rounds, though, they didn't because it was so glassy. So sometimes if it's too clean, they don't do ski assist yeah. because it'll create weight. that changes all... your mindset, too, on, like, what to ride. You know, yeah. of course, it's yeah. always performance-driven, but if you're like, like man, I got to pout. I, you know, I, I got to worry about my energy and, like, how to yeah. catch waves. And, you know, yeah. obviously you want longer board. The second bell I won, I had... No ski assist, I think, for three of the four heats one day. And that was nuts. That was gnarly because yeah. we were doing mileage, and um, Chris and I had one of our biggest paddle bells we've ever had together. 
where we were, I like snuck up on her. I was comboed for <clears throat> almost, <clears throat> almost like 15 minutes of the heat. She had like a 16 point something total. Is this the final? No. Okay. This was, uh, I think, quarter. Quarter against her. She had you comboed in the quarters? Mm-hmm. And there was like and 10 she, minutes. Her score on... was 16-something. Yeah. And I, I was like. Are you like them eight? Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, yeah, I'm still in it. You know, I have yeah. eight minutes left or something. <laughs> and I ended up turning this heat. And so I caught this wave, got out combo. And... I see her in front of me, and she had caught a wave and pulled out midway because it didn't take her through. Yeah, probably. (laughs) And I'm, like, pretty far behind, but I had been prone paddling quite often, so my paddle strength's proper, and I, like, snuck up on her a bit. And then we were, like, arm in arm, just full-on, just gritting teeth, just paddling head down, water everywhere, kicking for a minute and a half straight to get out the back. And I somehow ended up gaining on her and getting prio. Wow. And and losing the heat still. No, no I won. No, 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 but you're losing the heat. I'm still losing the heat. Yeah. So I needed like almost You needed an priority eight. because there was no yeah. time left. You needed I needed almost an eight. And yeah. then I ended up like no joke. 20 or 30 seconds later, after having this gnarly paddle bell, had to pick this one wave, not miss it, get the score, because I saw the wave. I was like, this is it. I'm like, this is my moment. And so I picked the wave, ended up surfing all the way to the beach. I'm like, that was it. That was my score. I got it. And I was stoked. And you never know until the judges, obviously, give you your score. I ended up getting my score, flipping the heat, and I'm paddling out, and I see... Carissa out the back, and I see this wave coming to her. I'm like, this is her wave, like her her opportunity. I'm like, frick, I can't do anything. I just had to watch. Yeah. Uh, and she ended up missing the wave because <laughs> of our paddle bow, probably gassed. Yeah. You know, and I was, yeah, counting I, my I blessings. I was just going to say. <laughs> it was a wild moment. Yeah. I was just going to say. But we've had some gritty battles, she and I. Yeah. I but, love them. But this, yeah, it makes the, the the moment, the win and the loss. That much sweeter. Sweeter or hurt more, hurt. right? But but when you're talking about that paddle battle and you're losing, you're comboed, you get a score, you're comboed, not, not comboed anymore. You're so out there's of a it. chance. But yeah, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> but you're like, yeah. you fucking battle her to get priority and if you think back at that moment how spent you're oh, i was out of breath like and you're like okay i got this right mm-hmm. like okay i i i got priority yeah let me catch my breath still need to perform i had and the like, wave comes right to there, you instantly <laughs> yeah like no rest no rest, no rest. Like, oh shit but like <laughs> that presence of of mind and like confidence and like composure you're yeah. like Holy shit! Here's yeah. my opportunity. Yeah. Now yeah. I gotta make it happen. Now I yeah. gotta. 
I I need the hard the hard work's winning the paddle battle. The harder work is getting the score. Yeah, <laughs> after the paddle yeah. battle. But you know, like when you when yeah, I was on at, about, at the end of that wave. I was I had given everything in those two moments. I was like, there's nothing left, and I was paddling out and going, well, I just surrendered this moment to the universe. Whatever happens now, I gotta watch it. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm inside. That was yeah. I, I'm like a sixteen point something is so daunting and like you, you almost want to just say fuck it I give up I'm not gonna you know when when you say comboed there's hardly any comebacks from a combo if we really if we look at yeah. all the numbers it's and not all your favorite hits, for sure like no. yeah like I've only I've only seen it a couple times like where where somebody's comboed and somebody comes back to win yeah. I mean that's that hardly ever happens. That's no, like not often. Yeah. Well, it was like the big one, uh, the third bell with the big surf. That was. A you won bells three times. Yes. Yeah. You didn't hear the freaking monologue <laughs> at the beginning of this freaking. I don't pay attention to those, bro. But, uh, <laughs> but that that one was crazy. The final, um, Malia had the upper hand for a bit of the heat, and I remember I was sitting with priority, and I needed around nine. We had a great heat going. I needed around. And I was like, well, shit, I just need a tent. <laughs> and so then, no joke, I'm sitting out there with Pyro, and I'll never forget it. She was like, here, and she sees the wave, and I'm like, it's my Pyro. I'm going. <laughs> like, this is my wave. And I saw it, and it was one of the most beautiful waves I had ever seen at Bells. I was like, wow. I, I couldn't believe what I had just seen. I was just like, I barely remembered the wave because I ended up getting in such a flow state where it was just like the stakes were high I ended up being at the end I just remember doing something like this and like falling out just going I was just I was blown away I yeah. came and you're like what just processed. happened I just won this heat well and the wave the that, that I had I at Bells like this wave just miraculously it just appeared for me and I was yeah. like wow thanks yeah. like I need to maximize this thank you universe for giving me this wave right now wow that you, you've seen that um, video letting go the Kelly Slater one no you have to see it it's called letting go and basically Kelly was getting beat up by Andy all those years yeah right mm-hmm. and then uh like uh, Andy won three years in a row, right? Yeah. Nothing that ever happened like that to Kelly, right? Yeah. And the year that it finally turned around is the letting go video, right? That, yeah. Like, and it shows all these crazy miraculous things that had to happen for Kelly to finally get that monkey off his back and win against Andy. Yeah. Right? But there's like crazy shit that you know with kelly there's so many stupid weird things like him like hitting the water and then all of a sudden you know something a wave comes to him. well yeah. it's probably him just processing everything in those moments and he's doing what resets his mental you yeah. know and like for me like i'll play with the water and it's a way to Calm and put myself focus. into the moment, you know. Yeah. And I have different other things that are still my secrets, you know. Yeah. That I do to reset myself in a high stakes situation. So if I'm comboed at eight minutes, it's really irrelevant. <laughs> it's like eight minutes at the start, you could get two eights and two yeah. nines, or eight minutes at the end, it's 
doesn't matter. It yeah. still can happen. Yeah. You know, you could turn heats with 20 seconds. So much sweeter getting this two at the beginning of the heat. Oh it's nice because <laughs> I it actually. Does a lot of, it's still the pressure is there because you can't, you know. You can't get you can't let off. You comfortable. Can't, no. Yeah. You no. know. That, that, the story with like the someone could battle. have two nines yeah. against those two eights. Yeah. You know. Like I, yeah, I think just you, you know, like you said, doing all that prone paddling and just any athlete. I think if you could eliminate like that athleticism side, you know, like hey, I'm not gonna win. I'm not gonna lose because I'm not conditioned, or I'm not gonna lose because I yeah. haven't been training hard enough, or I'm not gonna lose a paddle bout. You know, I think if you re just all I got to do is rely on catching the best wave and not falling and, you know, performing. Yeah. I think it just takes a lot less yeah. pressure off and, and more confidence. Yeah, there's so much you can control. There's too many control. variables. Yeah, but but there's so many variables, so much you can't control. Yeah, the one you thing can. you can is you as an individual, how you prep, how you plan, what you do to be ready for those moments, you know. And yeah. having those tools, so when the stakes get high, you're like, I'm going to drop that card down. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. surfing is such a a, a non predictable outcome, right? Yeah. It's so it's so lucky. Like you can prepare as hard as you can, but if you don't get the right wave, and you don't perform on that wave, yeah, then you're not going to win that heat. Oh yeah. Which is yeah. really weird about surfing, and and really cool about surfing because and it's crazy when you see people that are consistent in surfing right you're like what the hell's this guy got or this girl has that you know for you it's bells right like you're you have bells's number like not too many people won it three times <laughs> <laughs> you yeah sunny maybe kelly for sure lisa Carissa, Fanny. Carissa, yeah. yeah but, but it's like... Not too many. You know, you were, you're 60 years about, it's been running, you know? Yeah, maybe, it's, it's maybe a tough wave. And I think MR. it's because you actually... I mean, I have my perspective on that wave, on how you need to approach it. Yeah. And you have to let it present itself. You yeah. Know? yeah, it like you said, it, it and changes And then be ready so for it when that moment happens. Because yeah. it's a spot that has long lulls and yeah. sometimes few opportunities and you can't fall yeah. yeah it's like sunset or you know like yeah. you know sunset's one of those ways where it looks predictable but it's totally not and there's so much energy and it changes so margaret's drastically it's, margaret's. it's one of those ways where you you have to be finesse mm -hmm. and then you have to show power at the same time where like a lot of the world tour spots you don't get that combination a lot you know what i mean no like yeah it Bells is such a weird, fickle place. Like you said, there's long lulls, and then there's heavy sections. There's maybe a barrel once in a while. But the closeout. Close out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm right on like, the shelf. <laughs> like, you really have to dance with the wave, mm -hmm. you know? You have like, to let it with, present itself. that wave, was, and then... You can't force was it. Was Kelly comboed by Mick when he paddled up, like, half a mile up the point? Yeah. And ended up doing that mm -hmm. 10, that air, right? He was... Yeah. I think so. Like... Again, like you look at but the, the condition. show's not about no, Kelly. No, but there's the condition. <laughs> but that, we're just bringing up like the, uh, the, yeah. the, the the variations, the conditions that we've watched over the you know the many yeah. years of the contest there, and it's like, wait, like he won not on you know linking it all the way through the bowl and finish, he he linked it on doing fucking crazy air at the top at the yeah. fucking point. What's yep. your <laughs> you yeah? Know? 
which usually you don't surf there unless it's a certain tide, but there's that transition in that heat. Yeah. And he knew Mick was winning at the bowl. And he figured, you know what, point of difference, I don't have prio, I'm going up here, I'm going to risk all the chips right now. And he ended up throwing down a 10, you know, for that full rotation. Fucking huge. This is probably maybe a dumb or difficult question. What's your most, like, proud contest win? Bells? That's tough. Ah, There's... A lot of those ones were pretty special. You know, Bells is definitely one I had built up and wanted to win from a young age, but so is the U.S. Open, you know. Gosh, um, even Chopes. Like, the year I won it, I told my mom right when that came on the schedule, I want to win that event. Yeah. You know, and I want to get barreled off my head. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally just want to get barreled just out make, there. It's when you get those no special waves and you're like, I just want to make my heat so I get to surf out here again with yeah. nobody else out. Like, yeah. I just want to get one more opportunity to not have to paddle yeah. battle and get fucking so, called into any wave. I think Bells was definitely a special one. It taught me a lot, that location, as an athlete. And I grew a lot there. Um, Margaret's too. Margaret's funny story about that location as well, how I went into that, how to learn how to surf outer reef, like, big waves, you know? Like, I had big beach breaks and and stuff. tricky wave, too. It is. A lot of dynamics, a lot of tide variation, swell picks up and drops really fast, high winds. Like Back in the a day, lot of water on the reef where you know where one wonky. wave breaks in the same spot, then the next three don't, and it yeah. moves and switches. And and it, back in the day, it seemed like it was a left-hander. Well, we wouldn't get well, scored on the right back in the day. They get would, scored on the right. They were scoring the us on length of turns and length catching right. Long, yeah, like the right really didn't get scored. Yeah. You that was because the criteria was different. Yeah. It went for a length of ride, and then you had all the different. You had to catch top three waves yeah. oh, you yeah. know and so that and no priority and the right i mean it's short and sweet you yeah. get max three four turns yeah if you get five turns you probably should have done four bigger turns yeah Where, where's the that's stop? my perspective on the wave where's the stop that you haven't won or didn't win that you wish you would have j-bay i was gonna say that yeah because i've Gosh, and what happened at that event, like I was on track and then board broke under my feet and you can't have your backup out in the water. So I had to spend like nine minutes to get in because of the way the tide was and And trying to get to the keyhole. It was, I believe that was a semi. It was against Lakey. Crusher. It was a bummer. I felt that one because I was feeling the flow. And then, yeah, I snapped it on a very important wave. <laughs> yeah, and that's that reef getting in and out. Fucked. Yeah. Yeah, fair f- with easy. no booties, too. Fucked. Yeah. Like, it's very jagged and rigid. And yeah, I s- depending on the tide, you're there, could maybe roll over the dry reef, kind of, or you're in slow tide, you got to find the keyhole and you're yeah. or not. And then eight minutes of it heats a lot of time, you know, and then I went out there and J-Bay's pretty lowly and it ended up, she had prio and only one wave came. And it's just like, okay, that's a bit out of your control. Yeah. But that was probably the one spot where 
I always loved that wave so much. I wanted to win at that wave because I have such a love for it. Usually the waves I love is where I want to win and like really show what the wave's capable of. Mm-hmm. And again, be out with just one other or two other people. And that too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like... Uh... With jet ski assist. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. Well, you actually don't get it at J-Bay. You paddle. Yeah. Because oh, it's uh, protected, so you got to do the paddle. Yeah. There's a fucking lot of water moving there. Mm, fucking, so much current. Yeah. But, but that was probably the one wave. Um, so let's talk about your art. Yeah. Like, yeah. when did you start drawing at an early age? Or was it... Um, I always had a love for art. I mean, I doodle waves in my notebook when I was a kid. You yeah, know? We, yeah, we did. Yeah. Anytime <laughs> I wasn't surfing, I was doodling and dreaming about it, you know? But... uh. I'd say I started developing my art probably in elementary school, but then I did art fundamentals for maybe two years at high school and then ceramics. And then uh, my first year on tour, I didn't paint a lot because I was had so much going on, a lot of learning, didn't really yeah. have time for it. Uh, second year, my dad, I was still living at the family house and dad in the garage moved some of his tools and built a little art corner for me. That's cool. And so I came home from one of my stops from Australia, and he had made this zone where I could paint with, like, an easel and, um, yeah, what, nurtured that side. What kind of art do you like to do? Um, I love working with color, so acrylic lately. Uh, I do love charcoal, doing black and white charcoal and acetone work. Um, I've done a bit of pen and ink as well. But I find, like, acrylic, I'm able to work with texture, dimension, and give it that depth that and the feeling. Yeah. And you, can, I do that with my black and whites as well, but I feel like you get a little more, um, yeah, radiance off the painting, yeah. for sure. And your art is, like, art. Like, I've <laughs> seen some of the stuff that you've posted, and I'm just like, damn, she's got a fucking talent for art thank you yeah yeah it's it's definitely been a massive passion of mine and so when I was younger I was getting obviously in art school I was doing the fundamentals and learning how you utilize acrylics and graphites and all that stuff and I loved working on canvas and just big paintbrushes and um, I would do these paintings for friends and family to inspire them and I would right on the inside frame of the painting a message that I hope would lead them and move them to give them that strength to take that risk and so the subject that I'd paint would be something they loved or something from their roots grass yeah Yeah. something personal you know a connection so I that's how I started doing my paintings for people and it was well, that gives you a lot of range too because everybody's got like their own so it wasn't of... i wasn't always just doing waves i still don't always do waves but i'm in a place where i'm learning and mastering my craft by painting waves because i know waves so well and then i recently did a duke piece because i hadn't done a portrait in a long time and it'll be an art show pretty soon here at the hb history museum Sick. So, at the Surf Museum. When, when is that? Uh, as soon as they reopen, they're going to run this art show. So, Sick. Yeah. Have you done an art show before? 
I, in 2019, I curated my own with all my pieces from photography to acrylics and all that, uh, which was super, super special. Um, bit nerve wracking, you know, yeah. cause being an artist, you paint from a place of like love and passion and just a lot of energy gets put in pieces and yeah. obviously when you put them on display people are judging them yeah. so i was like oh, i don't know about this like i don't know this is You're pretty soft out there but i've always put my the funny thing is is i've always put myself out there i'm yeah. like this is me i yeah. i'm a surfer i yeah. get judged like my whole life i've been judged by people on yeah. a panel you know yeah. so, like your style don't like your style hey you ripped that one but that one you could yeah. get like you know yeah. like yeah so i've always been judged but more as an athlete not in the creative space even though surfing for me was always soulful creation mm -hmm. it just got judged you yeah. know um but it's subjective just like you know is. surfing and art you know? it's like what so it's, it's can't please similar. everybody and it's yeah. not meant to please everybody. It's only make you happy. And yeah. if you, exactly. if other people enjoy it, then it's a bonus for them. Cause well, I'm already, yeah. I've already won. Here's my, my winnings. 2019. Yeah. Where was, where was the, the exhibit? It was at the boardroom. Sick. Yeah. At the boardroom. Del In Newport. Yeah. How In sick. Newport. Yeah. It was so fun. Yeah. yeah. They just had that, right? They just had it last weekend. Yeah. No, no. The boardroom in Newport, the actual oh. Oh. location. Yeah. What, what is that one? The, uh, the, down at the, right by, Bal uh, Bear Flag and Balboa. Balboa. Yeah, oh, Balboa. Okay. I was thinking what, I, that hotel, what's the hotel down there? The new, not new, it's been there for a while, but. Yeah, it's by the taco spot. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it was really fun. Uh, Phil Roberts, he's been a fan of my work for a while and brought me under his wing to mentor me a bit and Is just technique. Oh, incredible artist. Okay. Phil, Phil, Phil Roberts. Phil Roberts, okay. So he did a lot of uh, work for movie posters back in the day. A lot of brands yeah. hmm. brought him on to do shirt designs and graphics and things like that. He's very gifted, and he did a lot of the trophies for the Pipe Masters. Oh, wow. And the Pipe event, the Jerry Lopez paintings. He would get the boards and turn them. Well, they're already masterpieces, but make them even more of a statement. With his art. Trophy with his art. He oh, does rad. sculpture a lot. So he has been just guiding me and just pushing me as an artist, which has been really cool. And we we start uh, riling each other up and like challenging each other to do certain kind of things and inspiring each other through that, Yeah, which is fun. Still painting your boards? I always airbrush my yeah. boards, and the boards I did this year were actually super fun. It was a, a bit of a fun concept that I had, and the way I did it was with spray cans and water, like a hose, and it was <laughs> kind of had an acrylic pour, like marbling feel to it. Like almost like a resin. Tint. Yeah, it was so rad, but uh, I had never seen an airbrush like that, and I was like, I didn't want I wanted it to feel really original, you know, yeah. and it felt very natural. My boards all year my, had like my, a natural my, feel. My grom's got one of your old boards. Oh, really? Yeah, Sick. he uh, snapped a board. We are waiting while he was, uh, one was on order. He snaps his board during the uh, city surf contest just yeah. last month. And I'm like, Tim, you got any, like, all of his boards, he's grown like a weed. So all of his old boards are just way too small. Even yeah. the board he's on was way too small. And he's like, I don't know, I got to couple of Courtney boards here <laughs> so you grab one it kind of 
worked, you know, had the, the right volume. Nice. Yeah. Good. With the cool air spray. It does. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I love doing all the airbrushing. Like some of the underpaintings I do with like my fine art stuff, it will have just spray can graffiti art. And then I'll paint waves on top of it because yeah. I've never seen that dimension in surf painting. So I kind of, I aim to bring my original flair to pieces, like yeah. a different perspective on the way I see a wave. Any, any exhibits coming up, art shows coming up? Um, right now I've been painting a ton, so there should be like new works being released online, but I want to curate a full yeah. art show again with gotta, photography and fine art. We, uh, you know, Nick, is it Calzonas? Uh, Bliss? Yeah. Have you heard of Bliss? No. So they have an art gallery at Costa Mesa. Oh, cool. Remember Bliss Magazine? Yeah. Yeah, so that guy, Nick. They have a space. and Yeah. Oh, awesome. They talked to him about yeah. doing a, an exhibit. Yeah. They did a Shroff. They did a Nose. They did, yeah. you know. Um, Sweet. I don't know. It just rotates out throughout. Yeah. Like, yeah. Surf. Awesome. Community-driven yeah. projects. Yeah, right now, probably... Just the History Museum is the only one that they have a handful of my originals there in prints yeah. as well. That's and then, cool. yeah, it's super cool. And then the Duke show will be really fun because there's a lot of different artists. So it's always fun to see the way an artist takes a piece, you yeah. know, one subject, all the different creatives off it. Yeah, yeah it's pretty definitely. cool. It's cool when you get to yeah see more than just one piece because most artists have like, hey, you know, I start here, and then your your kind of I don't know interests change, and oh, I want to work you know whether it's charcoal or ink or acrylic or whatever. It's nice to see like somebody's body of work versus yeah. just like one one yeah. painting, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's trippy when you're an artist and you can do different mediums. Like yeah. that's like true like it's renaissance. Fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, it's fun working with different mediums. I feel like it keeps art fresh for you, you know, yeah. when you're working with the same medium. Yeah, and it, you always create something different with the style, you know. When you're working with pencil, it has a certain energy to it. Yeah. So you wrote for Billabong for a really majority of your career. And then, yeah. Uh, how did this Lynn, you know, sponsorship come about? And So that came about through, uh, I met... Them through Harriet Brown, I was doing uh, the Catalina Crossing, okay. and I had reached out to Harriet, who's an Iron Woman in Australia, and I, I did some gear like for well, I wanted to have technical. knowledge. I yeah. was like, "Hey, I don't want to be rashed at the end of right. this thirty-two miler. Uh, what do you suggest?" And she's like, "You should reach out to Jolin," and so she gave me their info. They had sent me a few suits. The timeline, I ended up wearing a different suit for that paddle, but the relationship started from that moment. And then during 2020, they wanted to get into surfing yeah. because they have these really great high quality sw like swimsuits yeah. and they really have an attention to performance and the materials and creating the quality, but the fine-tuned detail in the design. And one of the things I loved about it, they didn't rip off my bottoms. I was able to wear bikini bottoms and not stress out and high-impact surf. Yeah. And so then they gave me the opportunity to use my creative because I had done designing for Billabong in the past, wetsuits. Wet yeah. Yeah. And so. 
you know, I love design. I love utilizing my art and innovating things that are new. So I created a whole collection for Jolin and from the detail on the cuts to the print and the materials, I was involved with every aspect of it. That's cool because that's not, you know, you don't get that so many fun. opportunities as no. athletes to be, you know, involved on the product side. Yeah, it was so fun. And like, I feel like as an athlete, you really know what works and what doesn't. Yeah. And I remember taking our first samples uh, before the collection was launched to Chopes. I'm like, this is the ultimate test. And <laughs> Am I coming up naked or am I coming up with Yeah. <laughs> a couple times I'm like, okay, this one's not going into yeah. like my high impact you know you have like the playa collection that's beach based <laughs> for you know would you wear one, one piece at chopes or like... uh i did i ended up yeah. designing a one piece and i actually designed this two piece that was meant to be like more of a lounge outfit but it ended up being like super great and high impact not sure hmm. As I started wearing it, I was like, wow, I surfed Colorado's like 8 to 10 foot and my suit stayed put. I was yeah. like, this is awesome. That's a high impact. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this thing could take a hit. Spot. I'm like, yeah. this is top of the impact list, <laughs> you know? So it was really cool. And um, it was fun to apply my knowledge to design and help bring it to life with the brand. So yeah. that was really fun. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's cool to, again, work with a, a company that embraces, like, yeah. you know, hey, Innovation. give you the, the, the freedom to kind of, like, help them, but it, you know, gives you, like, something that you're going to be proud about, but it's also, also super functional, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot of great bikini companies out there to look good on the beach or in the but pool. They but they don't work in the ocean. They don't work in the ocean. Yeah. You, you know? know? And I, I always had the pros and cons, and I actually kept samples of all my best suits, and I took note of them and had my own original drawings, you know, of all the templates. And it was just, it was a fun collaboration, you mm -hmm. know, and it's something I love to bring to brands when I've worked with them is my design and yeah. the way my mind works because it works in that way. And you're, you know, somewhat of a crossover athlete, you know, being, yeah. you know, doing those, those paddles and training and yeah. stuff. So it kind of goes into that, you know, For outside sure. just the, the surf niche, you yeah. know, they could sell it to yeah you know a lot of well the thing is is because just i think with that upbringing that i spoke about before you know i do all the sports that are extreme you yeah. know and so i know what works what we don't have i've i kind of understand those gaps and trying to fill those gaps with good product is what i want to bring you know you don't want malfunctions happening in high surf right. or when you're climbing rocks you know yeah. so i created some functional sport training gear that was working incredible and i've been rock climbing like 1300 feet yeah you know so it works when did rock climbing come into your life uh did after adrenaline, like, adrenaline junkie over here yeah. come on like come on yeah what it was only a matter of time but uh way before the whole solo deal came out i always had a love for climbing because it it was just you and a rock having a climb to the top it was a very simple journey but it gets complex you know and dynamic and it pushes you and all you need is your your hands your feet and your mind and your obviously your body but it's pretty simple yeah and 
I loved the challenge that it had. And when I sustained my gnarly concussions in 2019, um, I ended up being out of the water for like 10 months during the whole COVID period. Wow. Doing neurofeedback, like all this stuff. I was not allowed to surf. All hand, like neurofeedback. And I, yeah, that vertigo. I had vertigo where I literally would just go in the water and get seasick. It was, it was a pretty. Yeah, it was it was and rough. How did you sustain that? Uh, surfing. Surfing. All three of them, yeah. Margaret's, uh, Palm Beach, and the Gold Coast, and then the last one was at Super Tubos. So, um, but yeah, that that one took me out of the water. The first two were like, they were oh, heavy, yeah. but they it was because they were so close knit the hits that and in the same zone. The last one. Took me out pretty wow. good. For 10 months? Well, I didn't surf for 10 months. I tried a couple times and I just was like, no, I'm not doing it until I'm ready, you know? Yeah. It's um, been just kind of shed the light, you know, more and more surfers like, yeah. you know, talking about it these last yeah. few years, you know, especially yeah. the big wave surfers. But we had Sean Dollar on a while back and he told yeah. us his experience with it and it's like it's not easy and there's no roadmap it's another yeah. one where it's and a lot Allie, of unknown you know um uh what's a maui ali uh ali bear what's his what's a maui surfer i'll be lear i'll be lear oh yeah, yeah. he and yeah. i actually spoke i gave him some guidance because he we were kind of going through concussion stuff around yeah. the same time and I had reached out. Chris, uh, she knew what happened, and she's like, hey, my sister-in-law did some neurofeedback. And so I looked into that. She said it helped out. And so I was like, all right, I'm, I just need help right now. I was working with Terry Romine. He saw me and knew I was going to be a project, <laughs> you know. And he was there on the physical side from what happened from the hit, too. Because my Any, back... Like- my neck back or and any, neck. neck so. I broke a board on the last one with my back and neck, like this whole back. side. It was like an angle snapped the board. <laughs> Whoa! And it was it was pretty bad. And so when I got home, my back was messed up, like my chest hurt, all this stuff. Yeah. My head, I couldn't read a page, which was terrifying for someone who's well read. Yeah. Like blurry out of order or dizzy like same thing no i just couldn't comprehend it oh shit it was gnarly i'd read a paragraph it'd take an hour for me to get through that paragraph which was gnarly and then i, I must have it. a concussion because i can't read <laughs> it was terrifying for someone yeah. who's like me you know it's like i my mind's crucial for anyone yeah, yeah. your mind's very valuable yeah <laughs> so well, when you were saying you'd be in the water and you have vertigo it's like yeah i felt like puking yeah, yeah. well like spencer you know pinch my salt pinch my salt sterling yeah, sterling, yeah sterling, like his he just got hit in the back of the head on a small day and in, in, it was know, just Florida. the right like, yeah just, it's know. the back of the head yeah that's where all my yeah, hits were like in this area and if you have it where it hits the back in the front because you twist the brain's very complex and yeah. i was before i was concussed i was reading this book called talent code and they dialogue about myelin theory and the neuroplasticity of your brain. And so I was like <laughs> processing. I, I remembered some of that 
the information I gained from that book. And I was like, well, okay. And I was reading Limitless by Jim Quick, which is a great read. And he was like the boy with the broken brain. And so I was like, well, if he can fix his brain, I can too. I'm like, every brain starts out as a baby. I'm like, so I can't read. I'm going to reteach myself how to read. I need to somehow keep my focus, not trigger headaches, and not be in this fog state. So the first thing was get to be able to sleep because I wasn't sleeping. So if you're not in rest and digest, your body's not recovering. So I was like, first thing was get my body in rest and digest. Once I did that, then I started peeling away my layers. And it was a wild journey. I was a baby step journey, you know, and it took... 10 months for me to and that was one reason during 2020 I decided I wanted to show myself I'm capable of anything and I've always wanted to do this crossing and feeding America I had watched all these food bank stuff going on I was like let's raise money for them like feeding America and ABC a better chance the scholarshiping that my brother's sister and I went through yeah so I was like let's create an event they can't get mad because we're in the ocean everyone's spacing so are we so yeah. i was like picked a date called my i was at a barbecue with the family i was like ryan would you like to do a crossing with me to my brother he's like yeah i'll do it so we trained for seven weeks i reached out to my friend it's at only the time. seven weeks to, to to i mean i'm <laughs> sure you're in incredible shape still but like people train like yeah a long time because that's it's like yeah. running a marathon but was it 32 life. miles yeah. It ended up being 35 because of the line we had to take. But yeah. So I ended up Torture. also reaching out to my friend who got me in, well, was working with me with the outdoor rock climbing. And that was a dynamic of the healing phase for my brain and rebuilding confidence and just physical and the mental, you know. And so I called him and he's like, yeah, I'll do it. And uh, so. The three of us did the crossing together and we trained for yeah seven weeks which is way better than just going with guys or girls that have been doing it forever like just hurry up pick if you're with like a group that's like hey we're all rookies we're all in this together we locked in locked in it feels like you could kind of feed and and and, you know have a little bit better but that's scary to go across 32 oh it's torture miles of ocean that uh you've never done before and the other people yeah it was a wild experience (laughs) and like we ended up i thought it would be cool for us to sail there (laughs) just make it a little more interesting much more interesting and we ended up having like well ideal sailing win if you wanted to take super long (laughs) but it was like the direct win from where we were so we had to tack for like nine hours to get there and the other crew that was like support they took a motorboat got there in like 30 minutes and rested yeah Yeah. and meanwhile landon ends up being seasick i was on the brink of it but fortunately i was tacking with ryan and we were learning a sail from our friend and yeah so i avoided being seasick but we were all cooked by the, the end of the evening and then we were up at like five the next morning getting ready to paddle how many who knew how to sail my buddy uh, Greg Miller, 
he had his, his sailboat, and uh, so we were all on that and slept on it, but it was... It was Got a nice cushy bag yeah. and well-rested, like, yeah, uh, just... Let's just add another uh, challenge Variable. to this challenge. What, what's it's time, unforgettable, that's all I can say. What's the timeline to make that crossing 35 miles? Like, uh, what are you We doing? did it in 7 hours and 45 minutes. So wow. you're paddling 4 miles an hour... Just a little over four, yeah. Yeah, fun. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was it was wild. It was, yeah. And then I called them this year. I had signed us up for the Molokai. I literally saw the they were doing it not virtual this year, and I figured it'd fill up fast. So I signed all three of us up, and then I called Landon, who's now my boyfriend, and then my brother, and I was like. Hey, I signed us up for the Molokai. We're a team. We're going cross together kind of deal. And so we had like a few months of prep for that. So that was cool. Do you have to That was bump. this year. You can't travel you already those did boards. It. You have to ship Yeah, we them. did it. You have to ship those, right? Like, where do you borrow? Uh, like, how do you... We ended up borrowing a board. So Mike Takahashi, he's like one of the OG prone paddle gurus. He's got a quiver. On Oahu, yeah. and he st- was one of the founders of the Molokai Crossing. And I met him through Jeff Bushman, just knowing Jeff. They Full live circle. up the road. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he always wanted me to do the crossing. So I figured when I reached out, he'd have a spare board. So, how does compare? Because, like, you know, you look from here to Catalina, it's, you know, yeah, there's swell, but it's pretty calm. Yeah, it's we get wild. a little chop. Like Molokai and Hawaii, like you get crazy winds and that surge, and it's got to be like yeah, like wild rapids. It's it's definitely raw ocean, and the currents. Uh, I think over eighty people had to pull out this year just because the current ripped them too north. Wow. Too off of the pass, so yeah. they actually pulled them out of the. Is, is it? It is wild. it like wind? Are you going with the the wind somewhat, or is it crosswind? Uh, it's it? like a quarter wind. So sometimes you'll get like a ideal tailwind, yeah. which is awesome for surfing and riding. But we had a quarter wind, so you had to like tack. Mm. Uh, yeah, and it was pretty full on. We had it was a so wild you're channel. Into paddling, prone paddling. Yep. Surfing, rock climbing, rock climbing, and snow art, snowboarder. Yep. And coffee. Yeah. yeah, and coffee. Let's and talk coffee. about yeah. Yeah, well, coffee's the best no. way. He, to start he doesn't day. like snowboarding. No, I love what? snowboarding. No, yeah, no. He's an islander. He doesn't it's like too cold. cold. Too cold. He doesn't like. That's why. But he doesn't elevation re- all that. He doesn't understand the preparation of like snowshoes yeah. or snow boots, gloves. Good. See, Novels, I love like the mass. routine, I'm like all, the whole prep for the day. Eh, eh. You, you look at Kelly Slater's, you know, wave pool and it's like, wow, I just rode for 45 a minute and did like all these killer carps. Snowboarding, like you go for 10 minutes, like surf wave, like yeah. carve, like. Especially 50, powder runs. And oh. It's just there's, like. There's no arguing. Or the best no... turns of your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always. And technique. And you you just, guys like, can have it. All right. Let's talk we about. We don't need more cougs in the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> sea I'll tiger. stay a powder monkey. Yeah. <laughs> sea tiger. Yeah. Tell us about Sea Tiger. So Sea Tiger has been actually a passion of mine. I trademarked in 2011, the year I qualified, because 
mom was like, oh, why don't you get a business trademark and get it going? What would you name a company if you ever had the opportunity to? And so came up with like seven different names. And Sea Tiger was the one that held strong because obviously being called Little Tiger at four years old. And I just feel like I've just my values and who I am has always embodied like grit and that relentless will to just get it done. And so ended up creating Sea Tiger then. So didn't your really mom have said you should come up with a business name mm-hmm. for the future. Yep. She's like, you might not be able to do anything with it now, but in time, just because I, I have always been an individual that created and loved to like imagine possibilities and always wrote down business ideas. Yeah. If I have so many of them. So my first one, though, is creating Sea Tiger and really curating and having awareness and care for my community because I feel like I want to inspire them to like be the best versions of themselves to have the tools and strength to get through and accomplish their dreams. You know, I've had the fortunate upbringing of having such a strong family that has been there for me. And what I want to do is create that for my community. And um, that's why I'm starting with Sea Tiger and doing surf camps and really going grassroots with it. You know, I was inspired by the Rochelle Ballard camp when I was young, Serena Brook Day. And so I figured it inspired me. And if I can inspire the youth or individuals that want to get that step towards pursuing and accomplishing their goals, whatever they might be. But I feel like for me, surfing is the way I could do that. And I feel like it gives you that strength and that confidence and the knowledge through learning in the ocean so and then I've had a massive obsession with coffee since I was like a little kid from dad going to Dietrich's early morning and them roasting the beans and I wasn't obviously drinking coffee but at that time but the ritual and the smell and we do these surf trips and dad would find a new coffee house to go to and I thought it would be beautiful to basket weave the surfing and the coffee together in one spot. That's awesome. We we, we like coffee. Yeah. 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 And it's one of those things, like you said. It's, like how much? <laughs> a lot. Love it? I love it. I know, me too. <laughs> but um, I, I, you know, everybody's like, well, you know, how do you like it? I'm like, well, I, I prefer, if it's really good, use black, mm-hmm. you know? But I go, sometimes I like cream, sometimes not. Sometimes it's Depends on cocoa. your mood. Yeah. I'm all, sometimes there's honey. Like... You know, you could fine tune it to where it's never boring, you know. Cafe but, de Oya. Yeah. But you you know, it's like <laughs> so what is that? Cafe de Oya. It's a Mexican coffee with cinnamon and sugar. Yeah. But I do it with honey instead and it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, Pancho um, introduced me to honey and coffee when I was staying in his place in Hawaii like yeah, years so ago. Good. I'm like, Wait, you put honey in it? He's like, Yeah, you never tried it with honey? And I'm like, No. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh, you know, some people do brown sugar versus the, or cane, cane sugar. Cane sugar. Yeah. Or you do like a French press where you put the grounds with the sugar. Yeah. And you let it steep with that. And it's so smooth. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a ghetto coffee drinker. 
<laughs> I am too. Like I love good old school diner coffee. Like yeah. certain diners just nail their coffee in the old school mug, you know, just that diner mug. You, but I like a nice young. coffee too, like an espresso or You're probably flat too white. young to um, remember that place where uh, the, the Vietnamese couple, uh, Supreme, is it Supreme Donuts? Supreme on 17? No. No. Maybe it wasn't Supreme. The donut store that was that used to be by Java Jungle. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Java yeah. Jungle. Um, Not Java Jungle, though, but, but yeah, yeah, the donut, donut store right next there. to that. I don't know. My dad, um, I'm sure, remembers because he knew all the little coffee yeah, joints. What did they call it? I just, Sixth Street. I know I had a name, but yeah. I, we just. Let, uh, what was the guy's name? But anyways, the coolest little donut store, the, the people that ran it were yeah, so it's 602 awesome. now, but like that's where it's at. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Where yeah, yeah. And then okay. Sanchez was was Java Jungle, which is a coffee shop. Yeah, I remember that yeah. shop. Back in the day, I would yeah. order two of those big coffees. The Vietnamese ones? Yeah. You would have been jacked yeah. on. But listen to this. Caffeine. This, those things this, are strong. This is what I would do, too. Ten seconds of sugar, five seconds of cream. How are you even standing? Seriously, still? yeah. Like every I, day, I would drink at least two, maybe four. Oh my four. gosh! And, and they, and you would get like the caffeine, the like, sugar hit, yeah. and then the crash. Yeah. They're like the, the twenty-two the ounce styrofoam cups that you know. It's like and, a big gulp, but yeah. for coffee. <laughs> this is how much of a dirtbag I was. I used to smoke cloves too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, your kids are coming. Don't yeah. say that. No, Daddy, straight and narrow. Yeah. 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 Dirtbag for sure. <laughs> no, I mean everybody had their you know habits, but you know. So. Sea Tiger, yeah. Coffee, Sea Tiger, surf, surf camps. Camp. Yeah. So the goal is to have daily beginner camps, and then I really want to develop like the juniors and the youth as well. Yeah. Like really set them on the right path because I feel like some of the knowledge that I've gained over the years, you know, it could maybe give them a tool for their shed. Yeah. That they could use. And not just in a jersey, but just in life, just and in life, life and everything yeah. that you could give them as far as, you know, like, yeah. hey, like, this is a short run, you know, career. Hopefully it would be long. Some might not make it, but like, what's, you That's know, what like, makes you happy? Where's your focus? You know, because there's, there's yeah. a lot of, you know, aspects of life. Again, we're surf junkies and that, you yeah. know, if I could just And you'll surf, surf all day, probably cool. your whole life. But the thing is, too, you have to have those tools and not put all your eggs in one basket. I yeah. think one of the biggest things... I'm grateful my parents like stressed on me was education whether you're doing it in classroom or always expanding it yourself through books and just always challenging your mind you know and developing that because it's one of your greatest assets I have challenges with my kids all the time what after learning algebra we're never going to use it in our whole life but it's not the fact of yeah, you're never going to translate. It's the tools that help you learn the algebra. Yeah. You know, that actually translate the formulas. Life. Your mind's working. Yeah. yeah. Just, so it's interesting. Huh? Coffee, yeah. surf camp, and apparel. Apparel. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll have a small line of apparel because I love design so much. And, um, but for now, I'm really focusing on the camp and the coffee. Yeah. Is there a timeline for us to expect? I'd say probably goals by the end of next year to be somewhere, have a location. What's going to be first, coffee or... Because coffee's already happening, right? I'd love to have both. Yeah, so I already have coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I'm not brick and mortar yet. And right now I'm rebuilding my whole site because 
taking that step away from being in the jersey and impacting outside of it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to really curate Sea Tiger into my brand vision and to inspire my community. You know, I feel like I've always been um, one who likes to share my passions, um, and this will give me that opportunity. Yeah. And I, I'm really excited to just have events and things to hopefully push people to pursue their own dreams, you know. It doesn't have to be in surfing, you know, their dreams, but yeah. through surfing, I want to impact them. So brick and mortar, a coffee shop somewhere in Huntington. Yeah. And by That's the end of the dream. next year? And the next year. Awesome. And then yeah. apparel. Apparel, I, I always believe in focusing and fine-tuning the bullseye and then apparel will slowly be happening as yeah. well like i just love designing so i'm going to start yeah but and, um and yeah camp is camp is sharing my passion you know my dad gave me the gift of surfing when i was when i was four and it was probably one of the greatest gifts he ever gave me Absolutely. so i feel like it's part of my mission to share that gift and inspire through it yeah so that's kind of passing the torch in a way to the next generation on the beautiful when do you think art that'll of surf. happen the surf camp that i would love for that to actually before i'm even brick and mortar so awesome. i think by summer i'll have surf camps going awesome. i've already done a handful of them uh in huntington and australia i would actually my first surf camp was actually in australia with like 50 kids that were like intermediate surfers i had a coach i was working with i told him what i wanted to do and so he helped me pull it all together and he's like you could use um some of my camp that i do with my coaching and then i will let everyone know you're doing this and they all showed up at karambin and we just surfed and had a beach day and i shared my knowledge and yeah it it was epic so i have slowly been doing the camps, but I want to make a more consistent impact. Yeah, and do one days or weeks, like, you know, summer camp, like a week? Yeah, or do... I feel like it would be cool to have more time with the kids, especially, yeah. like the 18 and unders, and I'll probably uh, categorize them in years to where I, I'm building a curriculum for, like, what I wish I knew at this point and kind of creating a pyramid to structure and give them tools you know yeah because you you feel like with your caliber and your you know resume say you know like hey you know you're going to reach more masses if you just do kind of like a a fun summer camp get to meet and greet the you know famous surfer you know parents are looking to put their kids in a in an established you know and then you got the the kids that hey i want to i'm in a jersey and you know and then you got the ones that are like i'm going to be pro you know so you got to have that pyramid for sure yeah so i'm working on that and i'm building out a full curriculum for all the different levels from like beginner to intermediate to the life aspect of what i want to pass to yeah um just the knowledge and those seriously the tools that i've gained through my craft and through my life experience i want to share that with the next generation just because i want them to impact you've had pt in your corner you have ian karen's in your corner you've had luke egan luke and mark richardson uh gosh so many tim stamps tim Tim stamps yeah yeah. (laughs) 
Tereva, David, and Tati. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you know, there's... My dad, my mom, yeah, like, parents. she's... My mom is probably... She could be an ASP world judge with how on point she is with scoring. Like, it's... Well, a WSL judge, I should say. Yeah. But, you know, what I mean. <laughs> yeah. ASP, WSL, same thing. It is, right? <laughs> it is. We're old school. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm just grateful for all the people that have impacted my life, however small they all gave me their tool and so now i have all these i have like one of those stanley boxes you know with all my little hammers but they're things and values and uh notes Mm -hmm. i've taken and gained over the years and now it's pretty much like giving pint size not to where i inundate them with too much saturation but just enough to move them into a direction of actually tackling those dreams and not be scared to risk it a little bit. You, you, are you going to do any like public speaking back at maybe your Sage school or I anything actually have else or some in, of the other? In the past I've done it because I always like giving back to where I have been yeah. and remembering my roots and where I come from. So I've gone to VIA, I've gone to John Muir and spoke to them and a few times and That's then cool. have gone to Sage Hill and done some woman panels and other things. I I was going to actually do uh, the graduation speech this year. It just didn't work out just because mm. of traveling and stuff. But um, yeah, I I love public speaking because I feel like that's a way to be the vessel and share yeah. your message. You yeah. know, and well, I think inspire. everybody, yeah, everybody, you know, in their dream life would be like a professional, whatever, you know, like. And then there's the real world, you know, yeah. and sometimes those cross and sometimes they don't. But, you know, to focus on how important education is and you can still have your hobby or your passion or your dream. But, you know, yeah, you got to look at the real world, too. You know, like, yeah. you know, that's how we teach our kids. Like, look, you know, so we, fantasy land is surf, but like there's real world like yeah, and, life. Yeah. Yeah. And are you still getting hooked up? By sponsors, even though you're making this transition, how's yeah, that so love I'm on? with uh, Rockstar still. They have been one of the most loyal brands I've worked with. Um, I've been with them since I was 14. Wow, and good for them. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, uh, Dekine have they've always been there. You know, just helping with product. They're yeah. some of the most tried and true. I love Dekine for traveling. Yeah. You know, so they've always supported I got snow that bags, side. Or surf bags, or leashes. Or... But yeah, Rockstar has always been there, and I am so grateful through the injuries, the highs, lows. They've yeah. always supported me, and you know, I I really love what they do, and they really do inspire by having athletes like me on board, um, like Albie too. Yeah, and, that's cool. Yeah, because that's you know that's one of the tough transitions you know yeah come being you know out of you know a yeah. career athlete to real yeah. world and you know hopefully For sure you know you could have a little bit of help along that bridge and still be an yeah. attribute and contribute yeah. and, and and well and i'm not done and that's where it's like yeah no. I, I literally the way i say it is i put my jersey in my locker and it's dripping you yeah. know with water it's not dry by any means it's like it's there and i still can go back it's just i had this opportunity because of just life and honestly it was a bummer it happened at that moment but it's like well all right i'm pulling myself back why yeah 
I've wanted to pursue creating Sea Tiger for a long time, since 2011, really. Yeah, and hats off to your mom for giving you that, because yeah, it was in incubation for all that time, you know, where you've had years and years to kind of like figure out where your life's journey's going yeah. and, and how to create essentially a brand or, you know, yeah. um, a lifestyle from yeah. something that's been a part of you, you know? Yeah. It's not like on the whim, like, oh, I'm going to start this. And it's been No, it's not nurturing. a survival decision, no. you know? And I have always wanted to pursue entrepreneurship. And I feel like being an athlete and surfing, you always have to be willing to risk it and yeah. as an, and be willing to learn, struggle, solve, and find solutions and actually solve other people's problems too yeah. and help them. We, we got a problem for you to solve. Okay. And we're going to put you on the spot. Whoa. Sounds good. What is it? You can't put your jersey away. When the board riders club comes knocking. <laughs> I know. Right. Well, now I get to actually do those fun events. And, you know, I am still going to dabble in big waves and I do that stuff as well. So um, you're, you're HP board riders though? Yeah, for sure. You! You're here first. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. We just got uh, put on the board. Oh, yeah, sick. We got, we got voted That's in. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so, so rad. And we just had our first meeting last night. Where were you? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like well, trying well, to figure you're out gonna, this you're get a text business from... stuff, like probably yeah. watching YouTubes and yeah. <laughs> talking to all these mentors that are guiding me on this new journey, you know, while I'm trying to figure out how to guide others on yeah. their journeys. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to be uh, texting you when these events start popping up. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because no, it's it'll uh, be fun. It's so much fun, and it's community driven, and it's a way to kind of, you know, bridge that, you know, sixty year old to ten year old, mm -hmm. and everybody in between. You yeah, know? it's awesome. It's so cool. It's yeah, very we, cool. We love the Board Riders Club and what it's meant. I mean, I can't believe how big it's become. Yeah. You know. Well, the thing is, is Australia's done that for decades. For decades. Yeah. You know, they've Every had time. their surf clubs and stuff, and. You go to the Snapper Board Riders Club, yeah. you know, and that was the one thing I'm aiming to do as Sea Tiger is have a spot for that community to really come together, have a coffee or a tea, sit, enjoy the beach, and go surf. Yeah. You know, I want that camaraderie, that community to grow and nurture because I feel like in Australia they've been so good at that. Yeah. And to create that here is it's a goal yeah yeah they have what, what did we chris say over 240 243 clubs or something like that in yeah Australia? Like, it's amazing wow that's crazy yeah and the yeah. board riders like the whole process of how it is it's it's a really cool structure you know? yeah well we're excited yeah um this has been awesome this has been amazing it's so <laughs> like i'm so glad that it took so long for this to happen you know? Yeah. Because it's, it's finally meant to happen. Yeah, I think the timing was probably better, you know, yeah. when you're in the deep end of being in a jersey, yeah. you don't really reveal any, any too many secrets, yeah. you know, you kind of keep those really tight. And I still have a few where it's like, those are my little trademarks. Yeah. Someone might find it, or if I'm coaching a specific person, I might share a little 
a little salt, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, no, but, like, getting to know you more today yeah. makes it, like, that much more special because of the character that you are and, and the, the values that your parents have instilled. Yeah. It's really refreshing to, <laughs> to hear, you know, your outlook, your point of view, and how you approach adversities. It's, it's super inspirational. You know? Thank you. Yeah. And we love, you know. This is what, like, what makes our show. It's not us. It's our guests. Well, it's me, you know? but. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's him. you guys. <laughs> yeah. But. I think it's the vibe. You I mean, know? essentially, you know, this is our way of giving back to, you know, one yeah. to like the surf community, you know, one to the industry that, you know, that has given us so much, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and, and it's just awesome to hear and it's inspiring. And that's what we hope our show is make yeah. people laugh and gain You're, some knowledge yeah. and then support you people. Such interesting, like crazy, awesome stories <laughs> that, we only scratch the surface. Today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We only yeah. The surface. My gosh, we could be here all day. Yeah. With these we'll stories. save those for another That's, episode. Yeah. yeah. It's three hours and 43 minutes. That's crazy. It goes so <laughs> quick, right? It does. Well, I, I saw the clock. I'm like, wow. It's but, been going on for a you know, bit. But, you know, I feel like life is a f- timeline of all these crazy moments, and we touched on so many different subjects you know in a short period of time really yeah definitely Um, there's so much you could go into each you could dive into each thing but uh but we we like to celebrate companies that paved the way for others and and have you know set the you know the bar and we've you know people that are you know just starting new stuff and i mean for us it's just it's crazy like supporting our audience is it's kind of cool it's growing every day and it's global right yeah so you know, there's probably hundreds of people that know who you are, but thousands. You know, but well, one million. Well, we have thousands. <laughs> one million followers. <laughs> no, I don't have that many followers, no. but maybe I've touched a but handful you've of those. Been lives. in the limelight of surfing for for a decade or so, right? Surfing. And, yeah. Over a decade. Over a decade. Yeah. Gosh, I've been. Well, I've been in surfing since I was. Yeah. Four. Yeah. You know, I'm 31, so long time in surfing. And then I've been in the professional realm. I'd say, well, first US Open was when I was 12. You know, so, so it's been. Who's <laughs> dating? Year old. We don't That's talk Eddie's about age. We don't talk about dates. And but age. it's just crazy. Yeah. When time flies, you realize how much time you've had in a place. And it's mm-hmm. like, but you see a lot and you see where you can. Um, create a movement you know and I I see with all the tech stuff and I I love digital and I love how much it's done for us by connecting but um, not in that physical connection always and so what I want to do is bring that grassroots thing like crustacean tour vibes you know yeah well being authentic and and yeah yeah, being you know, like genuine and true. Gen- genuine yeah. and you. And I think there's so much that happens with this tool. I call my phones my tool. Yeah. It's not. It's a supercomputer. Yeah, it's a supercomputer, <laughs> but it. it. It's a tool that could be for good or bad. Yeah. And, you know? yeah. and so I, I feel like when you're, I can only imagine being in elementary, middle, or high school right now in an era like this where you have so much inundation of info. Yeah. You're just getting 
oversaturated with so much and it's like trying to find out who you are in the mix of all that and And so how do you do that and sometimes peeling away and going back to the roots of put your toes in the sand and get grounded you know go in the water and get humbled yeah Yeah. and plus and learn to have grit the activities that you are essentially going to be sharing is surfing yeah art and Outdoor and healthy living. Outdoor and healthy living. That's what's missing in these, in our kids' lives, you know? They're looking so commercial and so, like, shallow, you know? And again, not everything, but it's, again, what what you absorb, you know? Well, you don't want that quick fix, you know, that dopamine hit. It's like you, you need something that can have that longevity of growth and evolution, whether, like, someone's going to come to my camp and hopefully gain something different for sure than the other person you know but i'm sharing that same info but it's like you watch a movie and someone gains something else and you you both talk about it and you're like wow i didn't see it that way but you did you know it's that same message could resonate differently in the youth and it's like hopefully the one direction is just be you be authentic and discover yourself you know and don't be afraid to really express who you are, you know, yeah. but have that respect and discipline to get through it. Yeah. So if they want to follow you on Instagram, yeah. I have obviously my personal Courtney Kalmog and then Sea Tiger at Sea Tiger. Nice. Yeah. And it's S-E-A-T-I-G-E-R. Yeah. Is there an underscore? Nope. No. Okay. I got the main one. I was okay. pretty stoked on that. It was challenging. <laughs> right. You have a... to go buy somebody out. Huh. No. I did with the website. <laughs> it's all good though. Yeah. yeah. Always something. Well, shoot. Well, congrats. Yeah. Um, anything else you wanted to promote? Um, gosh, I think, you know, for whoever's listening, just Take that time. If you gain anything from like what I shared, just learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and (laughs) be willing to learn new things, you know, and being open-minded. Yeah. 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 I I feel like when you close yourself off and put blinders, sometimes you're not seeing the beauty that's surrounding and you get so stuck in a spiral of like, oh, stuff's tough right now it's all dark and you have this little cloud over your head it's like oh rain yeah start playing some green day and like some easy to be uh, complicit you know it's like no it's like new sun sun rising every morning well yeah and it's like you know with those crazy storms that's the only way you get a rainbow yeah you know it always happens you just gotta wear it and learn to dance with your rain boots I think your dad, you, you said it earlier, your dad used to say in the mornings, today's a good day. Every, Every day's a day's good day. a good day. Yeah. yeah. And it's all, all on your perspective, you know. Yeah. You can wake up on the wrong side and pivot it right then and there. You go, wow, I'm tired. But you know what? I'm going to make this as good as I can make it with how I feel in this moment in time. Yeah. You know? Like, if you're always improving yourself by point of a percent or one percent every day yeah you're going compound that into getting to where you want to go yeah she's investing in her happiness yeah yeah finding joy you know and 
happiness is something you can create. Yeah. Like, All right, we have to do some shameless plugs before we cut out. Shameless. Yeah. What are you talking about, dude? We I love, love our sponsors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys. Gotta, you love our sponsors. You gotta say. Shoots beer. Shoots. Japanese lager. We yeah, got Ashlyn Hard Seltzer. This is a variety pack, which is delicious. And we want to thank Earth Pack. They are a, uh, what is it, packaging? That's it. Merchandise packaging company. Nice. Um, they make bags, boxes, containers, whatever. Um, Caballero pools and, and spas. spas. Nice. And awesome. then Bonsai Bowl. Bonsai Bowl. Bonsai. Yeah. Nice. Love Congrats Joe. on that. Looking yeah. us up, the Bonsai Caliente. And we have some cards for you. Sweet. In case you need it. And awesome. then also loose towels. Loose. Nice. Yeah. Loose towels is on the program now. Love it. Uh, and then Neon Wave. This is neonwave.com. Is a shop on the East Coast. Sick. And they are giving away late night with chalky yeah. hats. We're going to have one for you somewhere. Yeah, I have it by the front of your door. Yeah. Right there. But Sick. This is neonwave.com. on it. Yeah. We'll give away a hat for every $50 purchase on the website. Late night is the promo code for it. Check out code late night and you got a free hat. Yep. 50 bucks or more. And then big news. Uh, it'll be tomorrow that we launch uh, Victor Bernardo. You know who Victor Bernardo is? I feel like I should, but nope. He's a gnarly He's like, a Brazilian <laughs> surfer. We interviewed him. We drop his episode tomorrow, but another... Sponsor that we have is Clearweather brand shoes. Oh, uh, cool. So um, we got to get you some. some yeah, they got killer they shoes killer. and boots, skate stuff and lifestyle stuff. And yeah. Rad. Yeah. Awesome sandals. sandals. Super cool. Yeah. Very but cool. hey. Yeah, thanks for having me. I feel yeah. like Courtney. we had a, pretty much a whole day of just chats. Little Tiger. Yeah. yeah. Little Tiger. <laughs> a.k.a. Sea Tiger. Sea Tiger. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing your stories with us, yeah. and um, we're pretty confident that your your business ventures you've already put manifested and pre planned everything. Yeah, still learning always, yeah. and um, yeah, it's going to be my first endeavor as a business person, and I'm really excited for this new journey. I really am. It's. Yeah. It's been something where I've wanted to do it, and now I'm turning a dream into a reality that I get to spread my love and knowledge with the community. So, yeah. well, we're here as an outlet to help yeah. promote any which Thank way you. we can. Need a microphone. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Bullhorn. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're <laughs> yeah. big fans. I think you Thank know you. That we're big fans, and we're, we're we hope to help you. We like good people succeeding, and yeah. and. and People that rip and we always say have a, yeah. a, leg, a leg up on, 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 our, on our... Yeah, leg up. Yeah, like, oh, they rip. Okay, let's know. But it's true. Like surf, surf community, you know, is, is really tight-knit and, and, and embracing. And, and we need newness and we need, you know, freshness. And we need to take care of the people that, you know, are contributing to, to yeah. the industry and yeah. what they've accomplished and everything. So awesome. best of luck and well, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you. Courtney Conlog, Sea Tiger. Peace. Bonsai Bowls, hands down the best bowls, period. Seven locations, two in Hawaii, five in Southern California. Bonsai Bowls, go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill, clean, healthy Mexican food. 
Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family-owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. You could also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen, the best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen, it's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. Sunscreen. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuwax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Fuwax. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at InherentBummer.com. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams, for our awesome artwork, and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.